What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, December 22nd, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, and with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Guys, it's great to have uh, the best number seven playing shortstop uh, for the Cubs. How long you got that in the chamber? I, I barely saw that. <laughs> I think it was today because when I tweeted out Danzy Swanson's... Uh, uh, like a screenshot of his photo, and like somebody, somebody's like, "Yeah, the best number seven playing shortstop is with the Cubs now." And like, I, I was like, "Wait, I'm like, oh, we're talking about Tim Anderson." We're actually gonna talk about that a little bit, but uh, <laughs> no, let no, let's save that for like in May. <laughs> no, no, but it's just because the the paper that Dansby got, people and all the other shortstops, people are already saying like, I'm seeing the gifts and the memes that are just like. Uh, oh, Tim Anderson sitting here like, where's the money at and all this stuff. And like, well, Tim's got to do some work before he gets that kind of paper. Anyways, we can get into that. And then Fids is out. Who the fuck knows where Fids is in Vegas? He's probably backstage with Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson or something. I don't know. The guy, guy's living life out there. Willie uh, Nelson is getting a whole lot of Chris Bryant stats right now. Yes, we will. We will hear from Fids later on in the show. Uh, no, he's doing good. He's got a company function. Damn the man! And uh, as always, the rookie NASCAR Mitch. Well, you know the White Sox offseason. It was just too painful. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to be a Giants fan. They got this new shortstop, <laughs> and then oh, to my surprise, when I wake up this morning, it's terrible. It's like the movie Groundhog's Day, just baseball hell. Yep. So for those of you watching the live stream, as you will notice, Mitch and I are both wearing Giants hats uh, in support of the team that had Arson Judge and Carlos Correa for six days total. That's right. Six days, six minutes. Six days, six minutes. Six days, six minutes. Six days, six minutes and lost them both to New York. So Giants fans, because we know a lot of you watch the show, uh, me and Mitch are <laughs> We're with we're with you. So we well, have a right side. We were support. I, I mean, my hat anyway, supporting the local economy, the economy. There's some homeless guy out there selling them for like five bucks a pop. So I was, you know, yeah, probably helped pay for arson judge. They didn't my hat supported lids. Um, <laughs> we have a, for a December 22nd show, we got a shitload of stuff to talk about. Uh, we got free agent signings on both sides of town. We got crazy shit going on all over the league. We got a lot to get into, so let's just get into it. Uh, let's have to stay. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy.
As always, this show is brought to you by SportsMicery, SportsMicery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on the push notifications, so you'll be the first to know when Zach Levine gets traded to the Lakers. SportsMicery and SportsMicery.com, and also by Uncle Bud's. Go check it out. It's a new bar in the southwest suburbs in Oak Lawn. It's on 9600 South Cicero. Taco Tuesdays. I heard their seafood platter thing is really good. I don't have the technical name, so we'll go with seafood platter thing. Shout out to uh, my guy Cheap Seats. If you guys know him as Fitz on Twitter, he uh, does food reviews for On Tap Sports. He went out and checked them out. He had the burger and the elote and all that fun stuff. Took a lot of great pictures. Gave it some good reviews, so I appreciate Fitz going out there and doing that. Um but go check it out for yourselves. I know they're open Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so when you are at that crossroads, if you're going to fight your uncle or go get a drink, go get a drink. Go to Uncle Bud's. Support the local uh, economy. Yeah, support the local economy, just like Mitch. All right, where do you guys want to start? South side or north side? We can start with the north side, I guess. Wait, we got to start We gotta start talking about the best shortstop in Chicago. Okay. Well, we want to start south side then? Let's start south side. <laughs> the best defensive shortstop in Chicago uh, so look at the war, Kevin. Uh, fuck, I have Kevin. Kevin's uh, projected war talk in my head. Yep. Okay. You want to talk about OPS plus because Fins is obsessed with that stat right now. Um, yeah, we can play numbers all day. Um, but okay. Well, let's start it first stat because I'm back on my bullshit. I told you guys last oh, week. Geez, I I had go. stats ready to go. Now I got to pull up the... Tim Anderson shit. Hold no, on. no, no, it's not even about Tim Anderson. No, 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 no. Right. I have respect for TA. Uh, since two, since 2000, 2020, 2022, three seasons. But I know 2020 was only 60 games. Carlos Correa has a 11.7 F4. New Cubs shortstop, Dansby Swanson, a 12 F4. So who's who's better now, baby? Oh, <laughs> you got well, us. In seven years in Major League Baseball, Tim Anderson has an OPS plus of 105. Dansby Swanson has of 95. Hell yeah. Let's go. Take that. Yeah, but what have you done for me recently? Oh, okay. He batted <laughs> over 300 last you year. To, you just want to play obscured stat tennis for the next 20 minutes? Yes. Like I, I saw like how many, how many home runs on a Tuesday night uh, after seven does TA have? How many does Swanson Mitch, get on that. Um, no, but so after the roller coaster, you know, where are the top free agents going to land? Um, you know, there was all this rumblings back and forth of where he was going to go. I was still convinced until the end that the Dodgers were going to swoop in and grab him. Still don't know why they didn't. Um, or he was going to stay back in Atlanta, but apparently Atlanta was being real cheap about it. Uh, so much so that I was reading earlier that Dansby told Atlanta, like, I will come to you for less money, but you have to meet me in the middle. And Atlanta's just like, uh, I'll nah. be good. Um, it's a ringing endorsement. Right. But I'm not trying to, Mitch, what we're not going to do, <laughs> what we are not going to do on this show right now, Mitch, is you and I are not going to harsh the Cubs. I, good I have nice right things now. to say about it, actually. Yeah. So, um, no, that's the thing. Okay. So, after you guys, know, I mean, oh, by the way, first of all, Congrats to you, though. You you had Swanson to the Cubs since like July. Yep. It just in my I tell you called you called it that you're like what have I told you guys this whole time? (laughs) I've told you guys this whole time the way that I picked those free agent things was I pictured them in the different uniforms and the guys that made sense to me were the ones I went with and that's why I had Swanson to the Cubs and yes he was the fourth best option and I just it just in my head for so many reasons it just always worked so yes I called this in July. 
So I still have, obviously, again, everything that we've said for the past month since free agency started, since the rumor started that the Cubs were interested in these guys, been saying the same thing. We'll keep saying the same thing until, you know, we see the results during the field. It's like, there's a reason Dancy Swanson was the fourth best option. There's a reason why at the end he signed, you know, for the fewest amount of years, fewest amount of money. Because, yeah, obviously he's not expected to be as good as the other guys. He has been better lately. That trend can can continue going because, like you said, Zoe, in the chat, when we're talking about, like, Brandon Jury, I mean, obviously there's doubts there too, but, like, you know, guys do get better and they can get better, <laughs> um, especially in baseball when, uh, you know, first couple of years, a guy can just struggle. Perfect example, right. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson just completely changed yep. the type of hitter that he was and after being bad for three years. I'm a big, big situation guy. I feel like – Players get put into the different situations. Like Dansby Swanson was in a great situation in Atlanta. And he rose to the ranks to get this big paper. And I think it's a little bit of a different situation going to the Cubs where he's going to be looked at more as the guy. Yeah. like, And like that's the thing. He's always dealt with pressure. He's like went to Vandy. They have high expectations. Won a championship there. The number one overall pick got traded to his hometown team. So, like, he had that, you know, he had, like, that Derrick Rose-type hometown pressure with Atlanta. Won a championship there. Got better there. Mm-hmm. And, again, he, he still has to prove it on the field because it was just the one great year. But, man, if you could – this no, I, so his, press, his press conference was on Wednesday. That was the most winning the press conference moment ever. Yeah. Like, he – that that is the – you want to put – you want to put that like in a in a textbook of how to win a press conference? Dansby yeah. Swanson said every single thing that the old school fan wants to hear, the new mm-hmm. school fan wants to hear, the mm-hmm. the fan who only like, watches when they're on TV, they don't really follow the 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 day by day stuff. It was content. This dude's goal, a so. winner. This dude. yeah, the guy. Yeah, the story about his well, grandpa, just everything. Like, he won the press conference. All in. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you with winning, especially for a guy that's supposed to be looked up to as like the leader of the team. Like that's what you want him saying. Although the God brought him there. I guess God came in the form of $170 million. The Giants gave him that. He wasn't going to San Francisco, so let's not get too carried away with the WGN story. But that being said, the prank I, paid off, Mitch. I mean, I like I like the Dansby signing a lot more than most, like out of the shortstops, because the one thing like we talk about this a lot with like Joey Gallo, we're like, oh, where he is situationally, like hitting wise. And so like, yeah, the offensive numbers aren't that great. But the one thing that translates usually no matter where you go is defense. Like, it doesn't matter like what park you're playing in, like you're a good defender, you're gonna be a good defender. Maybe sometimes the up, but like for a shortstop, that it's gonna be a transferable skill no matter where you're playing. And defense is a very underrated commodity in the MLB. You talk about what winning teams have, it's always like, oh, like pitching and like hitting our offense like no one really talks about defense you look at the white Sox last year just because like that's our little world that i'm living in most of the summer they stunk last year because of the bad defense so you got the best defensive shortstop in baseball and that accounts for something so are the offensive numbers great no but he hits enough home runs and he's the best defensive shortstop in baseball so i think you get a couple pieces around him that's a great pickup and considering what they paid him compared to some of these other star shortstops they got a pretty good bargain too so i i, I like the move a lot that and another thing that I, it, Randomly gets sprinkled in. I think it doesn't get talked about as much as it should, but the emphasis on no more shift. Yeah. yeah. So now the Cubs are going into a season where there's no more shift and they have arguably the best 
defensive middle infield in baseball. Yep. I think that's going to matter more than people are putting weight on it. I would also argue too, even with the, the not only the shift, the pitch clock too, you have to have is going to yep. mess up a lot of pitchers timing. I think that'll have more of an impact on like the pitcher that the shift will with the hitter personally. I forgot about the pitch clock. And, and then there's like levels to that. Cause like obviously the, the, the infield defense seats better. So, so what does that affect? It affects the pitchers. Pitchers, the Cubs have a lot of pitchers who are, aren't overpowering. They rely on contact. They get a lot of ground balls. They're going to be better with two stud defensive middle infielders now. They're going to get better. And then you have Cody Bellinger, who's just a, another uh, great improvement in center field for the Cubs, too. So up the middle. That's going to be up a Up the middle is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so Brian's gotten into the eggnog a little bit. He said TA and insert player are better middle infield defensively. That is no. Don't disrespect uh, my boy Leary legend like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was a great pickup for the call. I really, I feel like he's going to fit. I feel like Wrigleyville is going to love him. I feel like, and he's not, I mean, I know we're emphasizing his defense and everything. He's not a bad hitter. And it's not like this. We're talking about like a Joey Gallo, like he still hit 277, 329, 477 with an OPS of 776. Uh, but 25 home runs, you know, and he's going to Wrigley where it's a little bit more homer friendly. I was going to say, and theoretically, it's yeah. not just the home runs. It's just the gap shots. Yep. Like it's a, it's a small ballpark in Atlanta. So he should be better. <laughs> 18 stolen bases. I mean, he's got some speed. Yeah. yeah I, That's yeah. not, I mean, it's a, it's a lot to like. I mean, the average, you know, the batting average isn't where you'd want it to be, but who cares? No, the other I, thing is, I think, like the in comparison to the other choice, like again, like we'll, we'll get into Korea. Like my, my to this day, my choice would still be Carlos Correa, but we're still talking about Dancy Swanson. I think he's only like six or seven months older than Correa. Like the other guys were thirty, and like I totally get the right. reservations. Like shit, you're signing these guys to like ten plus year deals. They're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be in the mid thirties by you know 2026, uh, 2027. Like that's that's very soon where these guys are already gonna be approaching past their prime. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument Dansby Swanson is like barely right in the middle of his prime. Yep. So we're going to stop. Been... Go oh. ahead. Wait, finish your point, Mitch. Well, I, also too, like he's been through the ringer as far as postseason experience goes. And like, we, like he's going to be the leader of that team. He knows what it takes to win a championship. And I think that matters. I think I'm, I'm a little biased too, because I absolutely love that Braves team that won the World Series, mainly because they did it without Acuna. Yeah, like yeah. no one thought that team was going anywhere once he went down in Miami and for them to win the world series, that was just a, it was a great fucking team. I thought it was, and you know, he was a very key point to it. And I think that's where I started my fandom for Dansby Swanson started. And, you know, as a White Sox fan, I'm actually, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, I love Tim Anderson, but I'm Dansby Swanson's a hell of a ball player, man. And he yeah, wore an outcast jersey at the parade. I mean, what's not to like? Well, I mean, yeah, but T.A., like, uh, so, hold on. Larry before, Garcia at the middle. Before I start Fitz's video, um, I did want to mention that. And I've said it in the intro a little bit, but, you know, I've seen a lot of White Sox fans uh, talking about all these shortstops getting money and Tim Anderson, you know, the gifts, like where the money at, where's all I need Tim to be – Tim's not as good as defensive shortstop as any of the four that got signed this offseason to those big deals. He's just not. 
That's the reality of the situation. Better hitter? You can argue that. He's a better hitter than Dansby Swanson. Yeah. He's yep. not a better hitter than Carlos Correa. Yeah. He's probably right there with Trey Turner. Yeah. Uh, he had a little it, pop, but he's yeah, he's pretty close. Yeah, I was gonna say TA had I mean he was I know he was injured, but he doesn't have as much power. That that's the separation. Mm-hmm. I know he does have like a, a couple twenty home run seasons, I think. But he, he needs to get back to that. Yeah, and I mean I, the the White Sox as a whole need to ball in error, which you want to talk about winning press conferences. Ben and had a great quote, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um Oh, I'm, this is driving me. We're going to talk about this because this is driving me nuts. It just popped up on my Twitter feed, and we're going to talk about that. But James McCann. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just saw possibly the worst mock trade. Oh, I think I saw it too. Mets fans are fucking wild then. This, I, first of all, I had to take a step back and realize that anyone could buy a fucking check mark right now. <laughs> and also that this dude says he owns a media and promotions company handling your printing and promotional product needs but he has a picture of him like in the batting cage and a blue check mark so people are retweeting this horrid report that he has but put a pin in that i only get my news from benjamin dover yes ben dover is the main news source of this whole show but <laughs> um so fids was not able to join us tonight But I promised him when we were talking about Dansby Swanson, we would pause and play this video. Um, If you watch the show and you know the show, you know this is not a two-minute video. So (laughs) here's Fitz. What's going on, everybody? It's Kay Fitz. Uh, Sorry I can't be here tonight, but uh, I did want to drop a couple of pennies into the the bucket of of, uh, conversation tonight just as it's such a big week, for especially for Cub fans. Again, sorry, I can't make it. I've got a work event tonight that uh, is going to keep me out. But rest assured, the old lady at the dinner table that will be sitting next to me will more than likely get a bunch of babble about Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, and uh, a bunch of baseball chatter. So she'll be my audience tonight. Or if she's old, I hope she can hear. She'll probably turn her hearing aid off. But uh, anyway, just wanted to kind of address the Cubs' moves this week. Um, Not bad. Not bad at all. Dansby Swanson, the big pickup. Great move for the Cubs. Uh, the best defensive shortstop in baseball, uh, a guy that had a really good year, had a career year this year, um, you know, dropped out 20, 20 plus homers and you know, finished with a 116 career, uh, 116 WRC plus. Great job, out, you know, uh, as far as being a, a key player for the for the Braves this year. But, uh, you know, he brings a lot of intangibles. He's a good leader. He's a positive clubhouse and, you know, high character person, says the right things, isn't going to get in trouble in the offseason, isn't going to do anything super controversial. Um I kind of liken his personality to like a Derek Carr, if you will, um, from everything that I'm kind of being told. And so that's a good thing. Uh, Derek Carr's a good dude. So um, <clears throat> now on the side note, uh, while he is the best defensive shortstop, you know, that makes the Cubs the best defensive middle in baseball. Um, you've got Nico Horner at second. You've got Dansby Swanson at short. You've got Cody Bellinger in center. And in left field, you've got gold glove winner Ian Happ. That's fantastic. It's going to be great for a pitching staff that looks like it's a bunch of, you know, two number threes. Uh, you know, two number twos or two number two number two point fives, two probably two threes and three fives is the way I look at it right now as it stands. But uh, that could change. Obviously, some things, a lot of things, got to fall into place. Um, so the defense is going to be important. And so the biggest concern that I have though is that this is it. Um, if this is it, the Cubs are still a seventy-five to eighty-win team. They lose Wilson Contreras's massive offensive production from a team that was pretty hit or miss offensively as it was last year that won seventy-five games. That's not going to be enough. Um, adding Cody Bellinger would be great if Cody Bellinger was 2019 Cody Bellinger, but it's 2022 and he hasn't been that guy for three years. Not that guy. You're not that guy. I'd love for him to be that guy because I freaking love Cody Bellinger. So, um, 
that said, the Cubs need to add some more bats. Um, you know, we saw today with the Carlos Correa thing. Correa came was off the market, back on the market for about an hour. If you were awake at night drinking some, you know, what was he drinking? Old fashions, I think Cohen was, and he made a deal with Scott Boris to get Correa to jump back over to the Mets. You know, they lost out on, on Carlos Correa, who's now going to play third. Like. What we had hoped for, I think a lot of us at least, that the Cubs would sign Swanson and Correa, and Correa would play third, Swanson short. That would have been fine. Um, but now it's coming down to the point that the, the, the five best teams in baseball, it's a chasm. There's a large gap between some of these teams that they're spending money. And the Cubs need uh, some bats. And so you've got um, Michael Conforto. He's out there. Uh, I think it'd be a great pickup for the Cubs. Um, I'm, I'm very high on maybe getting a one-year deal plus a one-year, second-year option with um, um Evan Longoria maybe to play third. Those are some uh, supplemental moves. And then Mancini, Trey Mancini is another bat. The Cubs are three bats away still from being a con- at least a somewhat of a contender in this juggernaut field of high spenders that the Cubs are not. The Cubs are 12th and 13th in spending right now. Um, that's not great for a, the, one of the biggest markets in baseball. Um, I see a lot of, you know, and this is the part of the, the game that now has changed. Um, this isn't going anywhere. And I hope you guys can realize that. This is the new collective bargaining era for players. The players are going to get more. They want more security. And they're going to get more money. And so these 12-year deals are the norm. Um, so, you know, if you're worried about these 12-year deals, then enjoy the small market. Enjoy a second or third place team every year consistently. Maybe occasionally make the postseason through a wild card, yada, yada, yada. But you're going to get, you know, two in a queue and get out, you know, be out of the postseason. So you got to go with the years. I don't, you know, the Carlos Correa thing doesn't scare me. This was the, you know, this was 100% the Giants trying to renegotiate and drop his salary because they found an old physical issue, it sounds like, that actually was a non-factor for most teams anyway. And uh, the Mets came back and outbid everybody again. So, um, you know, you've got to be willing to do it. I liken it to being worried about your college transcripts when you're in kindergarten. Win now and down the line, six, seven, eight years, then you can worry about it then. But kick the count down the road then. Don't go no wait till next year. We'll get somebody else next year. The market's not going to change. Shohei Otani is a big thing for the market next year. Think about this. The Giants are out. The Giants market, arguably the best, biggest market with Asian fans in America, and now they've been boomed out twice with Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa. Don't you think they're going to give the Shohei Otani? It's not the, the market doesn't just go. Everyone bends towards the will of the Cubs. There are teams out there, Dodgers, Giants. So you got to start making these moves. And so for the Cubs, you know, to bolster the lineup for 2023, I think you add three bats. They're going to be a contender for the NL Central. Uh, you know, and you get to the playoffs, and I mean anything can happen. But these teams are, I mean, these teams are good. I mean, some of these names that are on these teams, these are like video games when you when you have like the settings turned off so you can make all trades you want. It's it's, it's insane. Uh, but that said, you know, I am happy with the Swansby signing. Uh, I, I'm okay with the Cubs offseason as a whole. I'm not satisfied. I think, again, if the Cubs are going to win in 2023, they're three bats away, maybe even another starting pitcher away. Um, maybe go out and sign the Sheriff and, and to shore up that bullpen, the lefty bullpen, uh, maybe chasing three. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm happy with it. I know Alder will take it home from here, but uh, I think him and I are basically on the same page that this is a great move for the Cubs. It, it shouldn't be the move. If it's the move, the Cubs are going to be back to 75 to 80 wins max next in 2023, and people are going to be paying for a mediocre product. Um you know, a lot of things would have to fall into place for the Cubs to like all of a sudden win 90 games. A lot of things like so many things panning out, lightning in a bottle kind of thing that just doesn't seem to happen in Major League Baseball. I mean, it can happen, but it doesn't usually. So um, with that said, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Again, I'm sorry I can't be there tonight, but uh, take care of yourselves. Enjoy the holiday season with your families and friends. Um, I, you know, I'm thankful these guys, you know, Mitch has been great, you know, addition to the show and, and Aldo and, and, and Zoe obviously have been around, you know, we've been doing this for four years together and they've been doing a little bit more than four years. 
uh, or I think so. Yeah, four years I think uh, at this point. So uh, fantastic. So I hope you guys are having a, have a happy, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, take care, guys. Mitch, wake up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we all knew what he was going to say there because he's been saying it all week. So I mean, although any thoughts on that before I go into this thing that's going to give me a fucking brain aneurysm. You're on mute. Or you're... Although... My bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can switch over. Uh, yeah, like you said, the Dancy Swanson, the move in isolation, good. Can't be the move. They still need a guy... Again, the, they need at least one more good bat. He says three. If it's like... If it's Trey Mancini, your guys' favorite first baseman, uh, that'd be a solid upgrade at first base over what they have at like the depth there right now. But the big move for me is it's Conforto. Like they need a guy who has ups like big upside potential in the bat, and that's Conforto. Unless they do some wild trade with the Blue Jays for uh, I, if they get Alejandro Kirk, that'd be fantastic. I just don't see a good like trade so fit there. If Conforto gets signed, who's getting the bump from the outfield? Oh, I mean, he'll just be like the DH, and then he'll start, you know, 25 games in left, 25 games in so center, 25 games in right. ask you this. Is Conforto starting to get into that neighborhood of why doesn't he have a deal yet? Uh, well, you got to remember, Scott Boris guy. Uh-huh. So coming back from injury, he's going to want to squeeze out as much as he possibly can. Which he should be able to do, and that he's a great agent for exactly that reason. Scott's trying to get paid before the holiday season. He's got <laughs> gifts to buy, so he's worried about his big ticket free agents. Conforto's down on the list; they'll get to him after the other guys get there. Fair enough. Yeah, no, like, I, and I think I think the Conforto one is a little trickier, just because there is more questions surrounding. Like, I mean, he didn't play last year, so teams are probably more mm, like com- like compared to Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, also a Boris guy, he signed a one year plus like a an option deal with the Cubs. Like he's been bad, but you know he played last year. He signed relatively uh, soon. Conforto screams a guy that signed like later in the offseason where teams are like, "Oh shit, we missed out on all the big guys. We need to make an addition here, and then you'll overpay for Michael Conforto." Which, by the way, it is absolutely hilarious that the Giants are now expressing interest because you know. There you they go. had their, they had their little uh, medical hiccup with Correa, but then all of a sudden, Michael I don't Conforto think was, coming off shoulder I mean, surgery, just, completely let's, fine. Let's just talk about that then, because I don't think it was a medical hiccup. I think that's a ruse. I feel no, like it was all bullshit, dude. The Giants got to the altar, lifted the veil, saw like a crooked ass nose and had funky breath or something, and they're just like, "Nah, we out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, no, nah, 13 years, like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I know I know that for, like, the past two weeks, like, most of Cubs fans on this show, me and Kevin, we've been shitting all over the front office ownership. But for the San Francisco Giants to end the season and have that quote out there that no player right. is that What was that quote? Uh, uh, Zoe? It was like, no players got, outside of what we can spend. No, Yeah, they basically said, we got the ba- the biggest bank in the league. No one's outbidding us. So the Aaron Judge one, fine. Because I think we all knew he was going to go back to the earliest I thought from the beginning. He was just going to go back to the Yankees. He right. just wanted to get paid from the Yankees. He yep. got that. He used the Giants for that. Cool. Yep. But they had Correa. 
Like Korea agreed. They somewhere, had like somewhere you said. as we speak right now, there's a Korea jersey in like the, a back like office in the San Francisco that he was gonna put on yesterday for his press conference. Mm-hmm. It's probably still on the table. Yep. It's still on the table in front of whatever wherever they're gonna do there. the press conference. Just sitting there. No, you, you know the funny one of the funniest tweets I saw from that on uh, Wednesday morning was like there are probably hundreds of kids around San Francisco who have a Carlos Correa jersey waiting for the oh Christmas God, present. Oh my God, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that is brutal, dude. But in like, in like 15 years, though, that's going to be like a collector's item. Oh, like, yeah. It's going to be like, oh, remember this shit. Because this is historic. Nothing like this of this magnitude has ever happened in MLB. I think the, what's the only the closest thing is I forget there's like trades that have gone back because of medical issues, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing of this, to this. not a 13 year, $300 million deal, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that. Oh my god, the kids with the Santa, oh my, I could never, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, like so the parents, parents are like, oh shit. That shit. You know, I wonder how many season tickets they sold. They had I, I can't I can't tell if the picture was real or not, but somebody took a screenshot. It was a sponsored post on Instagram, and it was of the Giants, and they had Korea in like the Giants uh, uniform, and they were promoting like getting a, like a, a, a ticket package. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh man, I mean, just so much. But I really I don't buy into this medical crap, especially because the Mets scooped them up so quick. I think the Giants got cold feet on the deal. They even said though at the press conference. Remember, or was, yeah, that was the Giants when they're like, where are you finding the money for this? And they're like, oh, we don't have it yet, but we're going to get it. Was that, was that them? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was the Giants. It was Jesus. Yeah. Um, but Wait, no, like, I thought that, wasn't that the University of Colorado when they got Dion? And you know what it was? That's, I was like, wait, I've heard that. I'm mixing up my white guys in suits. Yeah. I'm mixing them up. <laughs> um, but it's just. I mean, it's just an embarrassing offseason altogether for me and Mitch's beloved San Francisco Giants. <laughs> I mean, they, you know how they keep doing these projected lineups or whatever? Yeah. They just put out the Giants lineup without Correa. It's just. Who's their well, shortstop right now? Is this Crawford, dude. Crawford's been their shortstop for 68 years. Yeah. I mean, Crawford's kind of a stud, though. Crawford's solid. Crawford's, he's yeah, had he's a solid career. He's, he's solid. He's not yeah. great. He doesn't suck. He's solid. Shout out but, to him for having that big air game four back in 2016 against the Bulls. And then, um, while well, the Bulls just don't want me to win money. Um, I mean, if, if I mean, as a Sox fans, you guys want Levine traded as soon as possible. Open up some money. Yeah, fuck. Fids <laughs> uh, did make a good point about Otani, though. I mean, the Giants just have to go balls to the wall for Otani. No, no, I, I'm not believing in the Giants until they actually do something. No, I'm just saying they, they need to put forth that effort. I mean, that is By the way, one of the best stadiums I've ever been to. It's a gorgeous ballpark. Some of the most diehard fans out there. And, like, this has just got to be absolutely devastating. I think it was Brian who put it in the comments. In my mind, I think I've been thinking about this for, like, a couple weeks. In my mind, Otani, a, he's a Dodger. I get it. They I haven't it. spent... Like they haven't spent at all almost. because they put themselves in this position. Though their farm system's better than the fucking Giants MLB team right now. No, but that's the thing. They could still. They could have still signed. They could have done. The oh, I understand. Deal oh, I wanted. get that, and I get that, and I I definitely agree with you that they're definitely sitting there just counting their bullets right now, getting ready to. There's know, no doubt in my mind oh, they're going to sure. be like, Shohei, here's twelve years, four hundred million. 
the Giants can't say something like that, swing and miss on Arson Judge and Correa, and then I they just they have to do something big, dude. Especially because they're going to be the only team in the Bay soon with Oakland going to Vegas. Going to give Conforto a stupid deal. And, and <laughs> Boris is laughing his ass off. Like, ha, I got more money. Hey, I got, you guys. I got my boy to the Mets. And now I'm coming back, and I'm not only did I beat your ass, I'm coming back around and just smack you in the face while you're on the ground and your girlfriend's watching. Well, by the way, that, uh, that Mets trade now have White Sox implications. Okay, so I'm gonna have a, I'm, I'm literally might die because <laughs> the vein in my forehead. Yeah, that's a professional transition. You don't want James McCann and Eduardo Escobar for Eli Jimenez although, and although, Liam although, Hendricks. Although, although, listen to this trade. <laughs> I don't know. I get the whole New York thing. I've said on this show a bunch of times, I'm not a fan of Yankees and Mets fans. Like I'm Mets fans are drunk with power right now. I'm good. Well, they should be because their owners. I know. Yeah. And I love every second of it. And we can talk about that too. Cause this whole, it's bad for the game. Fuck that. Dude. So <laughs> many bad takes. Um, this is the tweet that I'm talking about. And I'm just going to, I'm going to read it verbatim. Eloy is a possibility now. But the Sox want the Mets to take on salaries of all three, Aloy, Hendricks, and Kelly. For Escobar, Vintos, Vintos, Vientos, Vientos, McCann, and they want some sort of starting pitching. But this deal is definitely moving along. This is from a guy named Benny Greenberg who owns a publishing company. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Eloy thing is where you know it's already bullshit. Like, one of the main reasons they made, like, they let Jose Abreu walk is because they didn't want another DH because Eloy is going to be DH. He's right. not going anywhere. And like, as Brian said in the comments, Grafol loves Eloy. He's like made it very, very publicly known. It's just, but I don't understand why if you look, I don't know where this started from or where this, whatever these Mets fans just think that the White Sox are just going to like show roll over and show the Mets <laughs> their belly and be like, here's an all-star closer. Here's a, probably a 30 home run DH and uh, okay, I guess we'll throw in Joe Kelly. If you guys will do us that favor for. Yeah. You know, outside of like the whole baseball. Yeah. Outside of the baseball part, not making sense. I'm sure that Jerry Reinsdorf, one of the four owners who uh, voted against Steve Cohen to become that an is. owner of the Mets. I'm sure he wants to do him a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. You guys just blew six hundred million this off season. Yeah, let, let's help you guys out a little bit more. Like, you know, you know where it starts from. You know where it starts though. It's because what did we hear after the off season? Or yeah, after the season ended, like there was the stories where like, well, the White Sox are probably if they're going to add, they're going to have to shed money. So the Mets took that, twisted it around, and be like, oh, they're just trying to dump Liam Hendricks. Yeah, like, they don't no. want anyone good. They're just trying to get out from his money. I expect <laughs> like a haul. For Liam Hendricks, I would want like McNeil and then Carrasco because I heard yeah. that he was on the trading block potentially. Like that would be my yeah. For- okay, at least now we're talking sensible. Like this trade that I just—I mean, first of all, yeah. stop, 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 stop. Aloy's not going anywhere. They're not trading Aloy to the Mets. Just put that in the universe. In a package with Liam Hendricks too. It, it's just—I I don't know what. Who turned I you know who I blame for this? Jordan Lazowski. <laughs> Cause he tweeted out something and 
somehow it made its way into Matt's Twitter and they didn't like reading comprehension just like instantly out the fucking window because he clearly says like the White Sox are not going to do this trade unless they include like Batty or McNeil or whatever. And they all just, uh, yeah. And they all just replied right away. Like you're an idiot. They never do. He's like, no shit. That's what I fucking said in the tweet. You moron. He he kept copying and pasting. He kept copying and pasting the second part of the tweet. He's like, this deal is not going to happen. It actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It actually made me feel good. Like my, my son was growing up because he was just not dealing with that shit. (laughs) <laughs> at all I, I was very happy to see that but yeah oh man i had to get that off my chest that was just I, it's just all day today too however I, so who are you guys going to trade for liam hendricks i still think there's other it doesn't have to be the mets you don't even have to trade liam hendricks he was one of the only guys last year that did his job adequately I'm with don't, you, Mitch. You like, don't, there's no you reason don't to trade him unless you're getting a good haul back. You still yeah. got a decent girl out there. Sign him at second base, and then you don't have to dismantle your bullpen for an unproven yeah. Ronaldo Lopez at closer. And I'm fine with that. I'm also fine if they do trade Liam for something that's right, because I think Raylo will be a good closer. Yeah, Liam I mean, Hendricks. Yeah. Yasmani yeah. Grandal for Nick Madrigal. What? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Have you become, I, a, I, I, become I, a Mets fan in the last five minutes? All right, fine. Keep there's paying, also, like, keep paying Yasmani Grandal. He has take all his money. Grandal has no value trade-wise, too. And I wouldn't trade him, even though he was a horrible last year. But he's on the last year of his contract, and he was coming off a terrible season. There's not a whole lot of value in Yasmani Grandal, especially with what they're paying. I like, I like that Nick Madrigal is still like the most polarizing guy out there. I think it is it is going it is towards the negative part now. But he's still whenever you bring him up, there's still plenty of people on both sides. Well yeah, you got Herb tweeting out like, would you trade sheets for Madrigal? And like <laughs> oh, it's just If I'm the Cubs though, why would I trade like Madrigal is the perfect type of player to come off a bench. That's like a better version. I mean you can't play as many positions. Ryan, like, Ryan like, like Yuri Garcia. Ryan, the White Sox barely have three outfielders, bro. <laughs> like, where, where are you guys coming up with this shit right now? Where, I don't understand where people all of a sudden think the Sox are like the land of milk and honey. And we're no, just isn't that what he's saying? He's saying the White Sox would need a, a spare outfielder. Oh, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. See, now I'm a Mets fan. I read Mets that fan wrong. over here. Yeah, no, just say you're a Giants wrong. fan. Blame that I'm being be, with the Giants hat. I thought you said the Cubs could use a spare outfielder from the Sox. I'm like, mother, we don't have one. But so, doing a the, White, the White Sox do have a new outfielder. Oh, Mitch, we're killing the transaction oh, yeah. transitions today. The White Sox do have a new outfielder uh, from the clouds. They went out and gave Andrew Bententendi, uh five years, 75 million, which is embarrassingly the largest contract in White Sox history. That's, that's so embarrassing. Oh my God. That's so, and then you know, the thing is like, you know, Jerry like is probably proud of that. Oh, no doubt. I spent, these ungrateful yeah. fans should be happy. There's but, gonna be a quote. There's gonna be a quote like in in May when attendance, like if the Sox struggle and attendance is down, he's like, guys, I we we spent the money. Well, uh, you know, we uh, handed out the largest contract in uh, free agent history, uh, and uh, we we thought the fans would respond to that. You know, we're clearly trying. Yeah, I mean, Rick, that's Rick all I can say. That, Rick that's all. can say the two biggest deals. <laughs> Ben and Tendi and Grandall. Yeah, I do think Grandall is going to have a bounce back here. I really, I, 
I read I, your article, Mitch, at sportsmicrosportsmicro.com about how he talked about, you know, his body failing him and him going about things a little bit differently. And, you know, I did think it was really interesting how he was talking about how this team needs a healthy TA because he said what we've been saying, just yeah, this team goes as TA goes. And he said, I think his direct quote was, TA going down with an injury was the, the final blow for this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, but back to – our new guy, Andrew Bentendi. Um, I like this move. I'm, I'm very, very okay with this move for a couple reasons. One, uh, you know, he is, he's about the same age actually as Dansby. He's just a, a little bit older, but he's 28 as well. Um, good defensive outfielder won the gold glove in 21. Um, he was an all-star in 2022. Uh, he has a history with the new White Sox manager, which yep. people forget some of his best years were, well, not his best years, but his best years were in Kansas City. Um, he was an all-star in 22 before getting hurt. Um, left-handed bat. I mean, like, these are all, we're checking boxes. We're checking boxes here, fellas. Uh, <laughs> we're checking boxes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. An actual gold glove caliber outfielder playing the outfield. Um, not a big base dealer. He had his biggest base dealing years were 17 and 18, where he had 20 and 21. But since then, it's gone down. And I mean, injuries definitely play a factor into that. Um, yeah. I mean, his biggest home run year was 20. In 17, but he he bats, he hangs around, you know, if you average it out in his seven-year career, his batting average is 279. Not terrible over yep. seven years. I mean, he's not – the White Sox didn't go out and get Aaron Judge. No. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but they got a guy that I think is going to fit. You know, I like the way he carries himself. I always have, you know, and if you play MLB The Show, you know he won the Golden Spikes at University of Arkansas uh, in a conference <laughs> with uh, – what's the dude's name on the Astros? The third baseman. Bregman. Bregman. Oh, find yourself a hot girl's back in the comments. All right. 69 biz, baby. We must be doing good again. We're getting porn bots again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was a good player, drafted by the Reds, uh, and then went back to school. Then Red Sox in the first round, seventh overall pick in the 2015 draft. Career. Say the best part, though, Zoe. What was that quote? His quote was, last year he was putting the ball on the ground too much, and he's working all offseason to put the ball in the fucking air. Boom. Yeah, and Because that, why? When you hit the ball on the ground, you are you out. You are out. That was his exact quote. When you hit the ball on the ground, you are out. Breath of fresh air hearing that. From White well, Sox yeah, that is nice. I mean, initially, knee-jerk reaction, I think a lot of Sox fans were more excited than they should have been for a guy of Ben Intendi's caliber just because no one thought they were going to spend anything. So it's like, oh my gosh, that actually did spend something. That kind of came out of nowhere, which yeah. is good. But like, he, my thing is, and like like you said, he checks a lot of boxes, left-handed bat, hits for good average. Like That's a nice guy right behind Tim Anderson in the two hole. He got two table setters right there, and he plays good defense. I know if you look some of his advanced defensive stats, they're like, oh, he's got like a negative OAA in like 2018. Well, he was playing in Boston with the Green Monster. Like, I don't factor that in. He is an upgrade defensively. But I still think 
It's like, and I wrote about this too in Sports Mockery. Like grade wise, it didn't blow me away because if you're looking at the White Sox roster last year and this year, is it significantly better? No, not really. I think as it currently stands, it's like an 85 win team. Um, so you got to make like it's the same thing with like the Swanson move, or like you got to add a couple more pieces or just hope everyone's having like a massive bounce back here because offensively, while he does hit for average, we got a lot of guys that hit for average. His skill set matches a lot of the stuff we already have. The White Sox hit for a really good average last year. What they didn't do is hit home runs. And so while I, I throw hitting the ball in the air quotes nice, but until we see him do it, like I, I, I'll believe when I see it. Like his power numbers are down. He doesn't hit a whole lot of home runs. No. And we already have a lot of guys that do that. So that's where so I'm. Concerned. There's a lot of for me with this upcoming White Sox season. There's a lot of we need to see exactly what you were saying, Mitch. We need to see what version of Andrew Benton Tenney we're getting. We need to see what this new regime, hitting coach, manager, what they do with this lineup, what they do with these hitters. If we see more ball in the air, you know, we also need to see who the fuck is playing second base. Yes. We also, I, I am not of the camp that Oscar Colas is going to come up and bat 275 with 30 home runs. No, like I don't, I don't understand how people are just penciling them in. Like this kid's going to be stuck. Like there's going to be a grace period. There's going to be an adjustment period. There's going to be, he might come out and set the world on fire for the first month, which I doubt because you know, the, the Cuban and Dominican players don't tend to play well in Chicago in the first month of the season. But he might come out and set the world on fire. And then as Fids always likes to bring up, pitchers are going to figure his shit out and he's going to go into that rookie law. You know what I mean? But like, I just don't, it doesn't sit right with me that there's all these people just assuming like this is going to be it. And because of that, to your point, Mitch, I still feel like there's a lot of work to be done. I feel like the, um, that's a really good point, Brian. I completely forgot about that move. Victor Reyes might outplay him and get the spot in right field for a bit. Uh, that, let's not forget the other move. Billy. Billy, Billy Hamilton. Hamilton. Billy, I've, I really feel I've one. I'm really glad Billy's back. I think Billy's a great locker room guy. Uh, Billy was, he's, he was on the Royals. I mean, Billy's been on everyone, but was he on the <laughs> yeah. Royals? No, he was, yeah. on, the he was on the Reds. He was on the Reds. No, I'm talking about in his career. Oh yeah. 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 Reds. Oh, he Red, started yeah. with. I completely um, forgot he was with the Cubs at the end of 2022. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Billy's Billy's one of those guys that, but like, I love it. Like when they signed Billy, a bunch of people were tweeting the video of him and Tim Anderson doing the cha-cha slide in the dugout. Like Billy was that guy. Billy was the guy that kept yes. the dugout loose. He's seen every situation you could think of in baseball, you know, and he plays hard. I'll never forget that diving catch he made in the mud. I was at that game. That I was, was so happy. Shit. We're yeah. sitting in the rain and we're like, oh man, I kind of want to get out of here. Like we're getting soaked. And then he made that like, oh no, it's going to be a gap for another 10 minutes. And he made that catch. It's like, oh my God. And just came up caked in mud. And you know what? Bruhan Luke's a good dude. And I know that's his guy. So I'm pumped for Luke. But um, I love him. I think Billy Hamilton is the new Adam Engel. Yeah. That, that I, role, if you will. Defensive specialist. Right. Man, when you need somebody, when you need some wheels on the base, like, I think that's his role and that's what they brought him in for, for cheap. But I think he made such an impression on the locker room with guys like Tim Anderson and Lloyd and all those guys, they all verbally say how much they love, you know, that he was their guy. Um, that that's why they were just like, Oh fuck for that. Yeah. Come on. Let's for that play. reason alone, because he's not as good of a defender as Adam angle. He can't no. really hit. And you know, his speed's gone down a bit. He's still a potent base dealer and whatnot, but because of the locker room thing, like that's why it's such a good move. 
And for all the issues that you heard them having in all these leagues and whatnot, like by all accounts, you listen to the quotes, you read between the lines, like the, the culture in there was not good. Like it was not a great environment to be around. Billy, like everyone likes them and that helps. So that's where, uh, that's why I think it's a, it's a good move. And, yep. you know, it's always good to have speed off the bench for a team. With some of the other things we're waiting and see. We got to wait and see. Does, yeah. Well, one, does the power come back? Two, what do you do with Oscar Colas, what we think he is? Three, who's playing second base? Four, there, I mean, the rotation looks good, just name-wise, but, like, does Lucas Giolito have – which Lucas Giolito are you getting? Is Michael Kopech going to be healthy? You know what I mean? Like, there, there's stuff – who's the fifth starter? Like, it's just – there's a lot of – we'll see. I think that I just made up the new slogan for the 2023 White Sox. We'll see. We'll see. Um <laughs> Because it, it really is like Griffal's doing the the press rounds or whatever, and he's saying all the right things, and I'm getting a really good vibe off him. This is another reason why I really wish there was Sox Fest. I'm a big vibe guy. You yeah. guys know that. I'm a big vibe guy. I would love to be in the same room with Griffal just to, to talk to him or see how he talks or, you know, just pick up a vibe off him and all this stuff. But things are starting to look good. But then on the other side, Cleveland's going to be a fucking unit again. Yeah, they're going to be good. Cleveland is a good baseball team. They have the pitching. They they have a team mentality of what they're going to do, and they have the right team to execute it. Yeah. Well, they got the best manager in that division. They play arguably the best defense. And now they added a little pop, which is the one thing they're lacking last year. I mean, that's mm-hmm. right. it's going to be tough. And they, got- I mean, the, the Cleveland Guardians are the definition of death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Because they love to single, double, single, double, bunt guys over, single, double. Oh, here's Josh Bell home run. Like, it's just going to be like, or here's Jose Ramirez, three-run cock shot up. Your, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's annoying. Oh, Bulls won. Fuck yeah. There you um, go. Back. We're back. Um, seeing red. Looking staying in town. Seeing red again. <laughs> Who was it? Who made the game when he shot? Oh, I A-O. Um, there you go. So they shut out EIU, beat Iowa. Yeah, did you see that? There were 32 point dogs. First time in the history of sports gambling that someone that was higher than a 31 point dog won. OVC Pride, baby. No, that's wild. But, anyways, uh, oh man, this is bad. Baseball reference needs to update their ads. I just went on to Andrew Bentoni's page, and the first thing that comes up is Carlos Correa agrees to, with Giants. To, <laughs> oh, no. oh no, that's not good. Let's turn that off. But that's my biggest thing with the White Sox. It's it's we'll see. I mean, we're in the time of the year. It happens every year where at first I'm interested with it, and then I get really annoyed where everybody puts a ton of stock into these you know, computer models and these predictions and like what people think is going to happen and all this shit. It's a good reference point. The thing that bothers me is people that take it as Bible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're like, Oh, well, did you see this fan projection? Who gives a fuck dude? To me, to me, I think those are just, I think those are good in terms of giving you kind of like a baseline. Yes. That's what I mean. It's reference. like, this that's is a, like, yeah. cause I think those, like, th- those projections that we've been seeing, like the zips ones and like they, they always give you a 20 percentile thing, a 50 percentile and like the 80th percentile. The mm-hmm. ones that we see are the 50th percentile. It's like, what can happen on average for a certain guy? 
And like, obviously, guys can be a lot better, a lot worse, or around that area. But yeah, I agree with you, though. Like, for perfect example, like the, I think the Rockies, uh, their zip projections are coming out, and I think Chris Bryant is projected to be like a 1.7 WAR player. Like, we know Chris Bryant. We know that Chris Bryant is very good. Mm-hmm. But the reason that his WAR projection is is so low is because he was injured last year. Right. Like he only played in whatever amount of games, so that dinged his numbers across the board. And then he's been, you know, he's missed some time in previous years. But like we know that Chris Bryant is a good player, but like the the computer models they don't see that like oh well he missed time because of this they just see like oh he only played in this amount of games. He well, only he, did, he only put up this total amount, so this that's what it spits it out. So yeah, like it, but like. We can't go like everything. There, there's we always have, have a good balance, right? Yep. Like, and we can't just be like, oh, well, like they, this says they're gonna suck. They're gonna suck. Like yeah. no, like or this or it That's says like this guy's gonna be great. Like yeah, oh, he's gonna be great. Like no, like even Matt Mervis, Matt Mervis, uh, the guy for the, who's gonna come up for the Cubs next year. Uh, you know, he's gonna be a rookie. He's twenty five. He had yeah, a breakout he, year in the minors. I think great, he's projected to have. Year. Yeah, I think he's projected to have like a decent year. We don't know though. No, like he could suck. Dakota <laughs> had the White Sox at ninety-five wins last year. Right. That's all you do. Well, and here's my thing. So, I've said it on the show. If I said it once, I've said it a million times. I am a hybrid guy when it comes to baseball stats. I appreciate advanced metrics. I put stock into advanced metrics. I am interested with advanced metrics, but I'm also interested in uh, Aloy Jimenez moving his back shoulder down a half an inch to get more launch angle on a ball. And now all of a sudden Aloy hits 30 home runs. Like it's shit like that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there, there's a time and a place for both things. And this is the time of the year where I get really annoyed when I'm trying to have baseball conversations with people that I know, know baseball. And when they go to like make their big slam dunk point, they're like, well, look at this projection. I don't give a fuck. I don't like it's again, it's a good baseline for your argument. It's a good place to start, but it's not the end all be all to this. Show. I really like, feel like, I really feel like we had this exact show a year ago today. Like I, I feel like I said the exact <laughs> thing a year ago. I'm like, as I'm saying it, I'm hearing myself say the same thing I said a year ago today. And that's when the Sox were projected to win 95 games. <laughs> and I was, and like, uh, like another player example is like Ian Happ, like Ian Happ when he was first coming up, like huge whiff issues. He was striking out like 30% of the time. He completely changed his approach at the plate the last few years. And like the last like year and a half, he's been a completely different hitter. And I think like the, the, the zips projection that, uh, you know, fan graphs had it, their, their, their projection had him like basically being his 2021 version where he was still striking out a shit ton, hitting some homers, but like we saw an entire year of him in 2022 where he changed the type of hitter he is. So like the, the projections, they, they don't have that, that part of what we can see that happens from a day to day, a season to season. Like Dansby Swanson, a few years ago, he was hitting like seven, eight home runs or something. Mm-hmm. And then he, now all of a sudden he's, He's hit 25 or more in back-to-back years. That's yes. what we need from Benintendi right there. Swan, yeah, Swanson's home run totals starting in 2016. 3, 6, 14, 17, 10, 27, 25. Bang. Like, yeah, like... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And, I mean, it, it's something as simple as, like, Lucas Giolito had a dog shit year last year. It's no secret. Started turning around a little bit towards the end of the year, and I really feel like I haven't seen Lucas 
since the end of the season, but I got to feel, I got to feel. Well, he's not focusing enough on pitching. Yeah, he's hitting up trash. He's that's what I've been. That's what I've been. Yeah, that's what I've been. Less time out, less time on the streets, more time watching video. Um, But I got to, I got to imagine that he leans out a little bit. He tried to go muscle mass and it obviously didn't work. I don't think he got COVID earlier in the year or like he was sick. I don't even know if it was like COVID, but like when he got back, he said it took him a while to like, and then he had the abdominal injury too. There was a bunch of weird stuff that went on early in the year. And I think that kind of got him out of his rhythm. And And, and you got to imagine like Grandall is not going to be that bad again. I just, I can't believe that it's going to be that bad. And I even, yeah. Just because, like, how good he was the second half of 2022. Like, people forget about that. But there was at one point, I think he was only behind uh, Mike Zanino and Shohei Otani as far as, like, average home runs per plate appearance. Like, he was hitting one, like, every 18 at-bats or so. And even his average was just never good. I think the last two months in the season, he was hitting, like, close to 300. He was a stud the last half of the year. He had bombs, and he missed half the year with injury. I mean, obviously, this is big for everybody, but for him, it's obviously like it's all health related. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah. It's like, like you said, he was a fucking monster when he came back in 2021. And you so, know why he struggled the first half of the year is because he came into spring training and he said his knees just like weren't there. Like he was swinging all arms. And that's why he was trying to draw so many walks because he physically, like, he didn't have any power. And then that happened again this year, too. Um, I mean, it made a lot of sense. So, like, listening to him talk in, in that interview with Chuck Garfi, like, it all made sense. I, I remember that Texas game too, where he hurt himself running to first base because, like, the last eight games before that, he was hitting really well. And you're like, "Oh, he's back!" Like, I think he finally got his legs under him, and then he like slipped a disc or something, and then he was just crap the rest of the year. So, we'll see. Yep. Well, there you go. Twenty twenty three White Sox. We'll see. We will. See. <laughs> well, well we I will did see. want to ask you guys. So you guys obviously you you got your other outfielder. You got. Uh, yeah, well, like a we second got, uh, outfielder. Surprise, yeah. yeah, so we got a Ben Tendi and Robert. Ben Tendi. Yep. There's the question mark of right field. You know, Rick Hunt, I think, I, like you said, Zoe, I don't think you can just pencil him in, but no. I think the White Sox are kind of they banking are. on him. I think they already have. <laughs> so who do you guys want for second base? Like, who is well, out? who's the guy who's still out there? That you, is take, there anyone? I'll take Dane. Segura's fine. I mean, there's... A lot of people that, you know, claim to have the inside info, a lot of the people that broke the Ben Tendi stuff, which was wild, saying that what they're being told is it's Colas and then Sosa or uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Rami? Rami? Rami. Yeah. Rami. I hope it's not Rami. Well, basically, I the way that I think it's going to play out, I don't want it this way, but I feel like it's just going to be – a spring training competition, which you know, yeah. Sosa is gonna like rake in spring training, and the whites see like we got our well, guy, and then yep. it's gonna. That's my fear, and I feel like I'm all about uh, competition breeding excellence, excellence. But like, I don't know. I hope I hope some of these guys surprise the shit out of me. I mean, that's kind of where we're at. I don't foresee them going out and like acquiring someone to play second base. I really think that they're sitting back right now thinking that they got second base in house. You can overcome one rookie in the lineup for a contending team. Take Andrew Vaughn, for example. They pencil him in with no experience. That's fine because there's a lot of depth around him. He had a lot of lineup support. 
I don't think you can overcome two and expect to win a whole lot of ball games because like they're gonna go through their growing pains. One of them might not pan out. Like especially when they're not like like Sosa and Gonzalez, not like they're high ranked prospects. Nope. No one they, they're not that highly thought of to begin with. And you're banking on them like all of a sudden they're gonna surprise all these people. That is not a recipe for success. Especially how bad they looked in their limited playing time last year. Like, Gonzalez is a good fielder, and he hustles, which I appreciate, but he can't hit. He showed no signs that, like, there was nothing that he, he saw, that you, you watched him, and you'd say, like, hey, like, you know what? We might have something here. Is, is that not it? Yeah, I, it's just, and again, it's, I got to be fair. I mean, one of those guys could easily make an adjustment and surprise the shit out of us, you know? But it, to Fizz's point in our chat, it could easily go the other way, too. Yeah. You know, but I think writing either way just off i think is naive you know what that, i mean like yeah for sure well that's also kind of how i feel about the cubs lineup because i think that's a young team too like that a lot of people are like hey like you know we're gonna contend now we got dance Swanson. they got a lot of young guys that i think are either gonna like some of them are gonna take a step forward next year and some of them won't so like that's where the other thing i'd be concerned about because it's a lot of players on that team too or you Father, know did you see kind of all making a step forward to that point, although did you see the MLB network projected lineup for the Cubs? Yeah, they have no one for first base right now. <laughs> no one for first base. Well, that's Mitch's boy. And Trey catcher. Like, but the, no, did you see who they had penciled in at third base? Uh, was it Morel or yeah. was it Wisdom? No, Morel? it was Morel. Do you think that's opening day starter for the Cubs, Morel at third base? I think base? right now, with the way it's looking, because I think right now, I think the moves that the Cubs are trying to do is, you know, get Mancini so you have at least some stability at first base. You kind of know you can get from Mancini. At worst, he's going to be, like, slightly below average. He's going to be around the average range, right? Because, like, that's what he's been most of his career. Yeah, you would um, imagine. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, the, the big, I think the other big name that they were probably, well, that's the thing. I thought they would be interested, but they wasn't. there wasn't really a lot of, like, noise with Justin Turner. Like I, I, like Kevin talked about it. That I feel like that would have been a great fit for third base, but you know the Cubs were never really in on them. They're they were never linked with Brandon Drury. Um, they didn't want to take a gamble on that, like on a two year deal. Uh, so I think right now their focus is on getting Mancini, and then they're on Conforto. Uh, Conforto, Conforto. I think they've said. Or I think Boris has said like you know he's looking for that similar Cody Bellinger deal. Nope. Like a one year with an option, or maybe a two year with a third year option, something like that, to rebuild his value. Uh, they do need at least the one. I like if it's out of the two, give me Conforto every day. You can figure it out with the other guys. With Morel at third base, he struggled in the second half, but again, he was a young guy, hits the ball hard, very athletic. I think during his time in the minor leagues, I think he's played mostly third base. So I'd I'd be more than comfortable giving him like a shot there because he, that dude's electric again, great athletic uh, player hits the ball hard. Yeah. He had a, he had his rookie downfall. Like at the end, like in August was brutal for him. Uh, but I'd be willing to, I like it right now. If you tell me Christopher Morel is your starting third baseman opening day, but you added Conforto and or Mancini. I, I see what you're saying. I agree with perfect. you. That's perfect. I agree with but you. But if they don't, if it's like Morel and Mancini, I'd be like, uh, all right, but Patrick Wisdom is the DH. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> I, like I would be a little a little underwhelmed, definitely. 
I think if I'm a team and I got to choose a position that I desperately needed to fill, I think I'd want it to be first base. I feel like it's easy. I don't want to say it's easy, but I feel like it's you can stick like a an old catcher at first base, or you can stick like a you know what I mean. Like there's no, you're, you're right though. You have more first, options at first base. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, you know, first base is definitely an an option where you can like, stick a guy who can just kind of hit. He doesn't have to be great defensively. Because like look like there's a guy like a, you know Jesus Aguilar was with the Marlins last year. I think he had like more than 20 home runs. Like Jesus Aguilar isn't close to being con- uh, considered a good player, but he'd still be like he'd still give you solid production as right. as a first baseman. Oh, yeah. but also stay away from Eric Hosmer. I don't want Eric. No, no, no. I don't. No. He's a former All Star. That's cool. <laughs> if I'm Eric Hosmer, I'm just stop playing baseball and just be like, just send me my checks to my island. I can't Cause... tell if it's just Padres fans who like uh, who obviously grew tired of him because he wasn't very good and, and what they were paying him too. Yeah, and and like the big contract, contract, but like like. He's getting shit on a lot after the Red Sox uh, released him. I it, it, I think he is one of those guys that fell victim to. I did something that everyone else in this world would do, in getting paid the most amount of money. But he, once you get that big contract, you you got a bullseye on you, and he underperformed, and he just had to deal with that. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's what it came down to. We were talking about it a little bit pre-show. I mean, that's kind of what Zach Levine's going through right now yeah. for the Bulls. Like, you get that money, and you pine for that money, and you make a big thing about that money, and you finally get it. You better not miss the first two games of the season with a phantom <laughs> injury. If you want to get paid like, if you want to get paid like the man, you got to be the man. You got to be the man. And you got to also be prepared to take shit when you aren't the man. Yeah. And I feel like that's what happened on him too. And I think, yeah, and I agree with Brian in the, the, the chat. I think the perception that he was a glue guy, clubhouse good dude, just wasn't as accurate as people thought. Who, Scott Hatterberg? No, Hosmer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hatterberg was brought up in the comments. Mitch isn't just... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> random names. But, <laughs> and I mean... That was a pretty big week for both teams. You know, Swanson and Bentendi and the Cubs are obviously still rumored to Conforto and Trey Mancini and stuff. And then you have the White Sox with this non-existent trade market uh, being supposedly active. Um, I don't even think it's that they're active. I think a lot of teams are inquiring about guys because they think they're gonna blow like liam hendricks i think they're just getting a bunch of calls on them Which so i don't even think they're gonna trade them but like i think they're entertaining it because like you have to have everything on the table but i i think just a lot of teams are tuning in i'd be surprised if they traded liam hendricks i tell you they're not trading them to the mets and if they do it's going to be for one of those key prospects they're not it's not going to be a james mccann eduardo escobar you're telling me they're not they're not just trading Eduardo William Hendricks as a salary dump? If it was a prospect, say, in like Eduardo Escobar, I wouldn't be terribly disappointed because like he can play second. He's got enough pop. No, and that, but just get this James McCann shit out of my No, head. I don't you know. Yeah, I ain't sub. Wait, wait, unseating the <laughs> catcher. First and it's just what if he can get rid of Lurie? No, I'm still keeping Lurie. 
I have, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like a Yuri Garcia trooper. I know he's not good, but you know, damn it. When I was at Sox Fest a couple times, he was really nice to me. I think he's a, he, he, this is I the like Garcia. Yeah, I guess it is. Honest to God, though, in all seriousness, like I don't think he's that bad. Like he had four seasons in a row where he hit above 270. The White Sox just misuse him. He should be coming off the bench, not starting every day. And when you start him every day, like that's what's going to happen. But like if he's used as a utility guy, he's a good player. I mean, if everything goes as planned, that's how Larry will be used this year. And that's fine. I think yeah. every team could use a Larry Garcia just coming off the bench. And they do. We've said that on the show. Another thing we've said a million times. Like, People forget. Every World Series team, they have a Larry Garcia on their People team. People forget Larry Garcia had more hits than Mike Trout one season. Sure as fuck did. And Mike yeah. Trout like, missed half the year. in 2019. <laughs> when he had to lead off every day for Rick Renteria that one year, uh, he had like eight home runs and he hit like Close to two eight, use it in like two seventy something. Yeah, I think it was that. Yeah, I think it was yeah, a solid year. Well, and that's the other thing too. It's not Larry Garcia's fault that Tony Larusa was batting him third in the lineup. Don't call him a utility player, <laughs> baseball player. I take offense from that. No, he's a he's a utility guy. Oh, uh, that was so funny when when Tony Larusa like that was like peak Tony. Like, and he's a multi millionaire because of it, but he's a utility guy. That's my next White Sox jersey, Larry Garcia. Even if he got traded, longest tenured White Sox. That's a legend right there. I mean, you just sent me a hundred bucks, dude. If you're just throwing money around, <laughs> Steve Cole is doing. I'm going to do it too. Yeah, why can't <laughs> he's inspired me? That's By the way, I, do you think after the Steve... whole debacle with the Giants, I think the Mets, like no matter what, we're going to get Correa. But it is still funny that like one of the major reasons they got it done so fast. Is that uh, I think Cohen was just like in uh, in Hawaii. He was in Hawaii, yeah. So he was still awake. So it was yeah. still like early over there. That's why it was like two, three in the morning Chicago time, but it was like still yeah. like eleven o'clock at night in Hawaii. But uh, how what was the final number on that deal? Did it end up being more? I know it was in the three million. Uh, I was twelve for three fifteen, yep. and his Giants one was thirteen, 13 for three fifty. I mean, a little less, but good for him. So that's the other big debate that's going on, I guess, in baseball Twitter right now. Is, And I'm curious to what – I know my answer, but do you guys think what Steve Cohen's doing is good for baseball or bad for baseball? It's good for baseball. You oh, kidding? It's great for me. Steve Cohen is literally doing what you're – like what every single fan base should want their owner to do. Yes. And Exactly. Hey, like – the Rams won a Super Bowl based off that philosophy. Yeah, we're going to just sign all these stars. Yeah. And I know a little bit different baseball. But like, yeah, Steinbrenner was doing that for years. Like those Red Sox-Yankee teams, they're buying all their teams anyway. Like, that's just what baseball's been. I Good. also think – I want to spend money not giving crap. I mean, it's not going to happen to Jerry. Jerry gives a flying fuck. But I think this is going to show other owners, though, that it's time to get off that wallet, man. Like, especially if the Mets make a run this year and end up winning the whole damn thing. You want to be competitive? You got to spend. And I also think... Where was I going to go with this? I think it's great for baseball. Oh, the fact that he went out and spent more money this offseason with the luxury test than the entire AL Central. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) 
I, he uh, he so outspent an entire, a whole ass division. Well, and that's like the, the Ben and Tenny move. You're like looking at it and it's like 15 million a year. That's a pretty good deal. And then you look and it's like the highest contract in White Sox history. It's, it's, and it's, so, like, embarrassing. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. It's For really a big market team too. If it's like the, like the Royals or athletics, because like, I think team. I saved this picture. There's but a, you're a, like, they're, they're a big market team. Like they I got this. Yeah, I think I think like one of the other notorious cheap uh, franchises been like the Pirates. Okay. I think because like they're one of the teams that has never done a hundred million dollar deal too, and I think they've signed like two of their biggest deals ever this off season, and it's been for like like so above ten million dollars. Here, <laughs> yeah. here's your 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 sad day. Remember when we used to do sad of the day? Sad of the day. Who was it? That's a good Tick blitz. Tick blitz. Sad of the day. Tick blitz. B-L-I-T-Z. That guy still DMs me every once in a while. He's a good guy. Um, so the Mets is the Mets payroll is 495 million. That's more than the following teams' payrolls combined. <clears throat> you might want to get comfortable. Oakland, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Miami, Washington, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Minnesota. That all is of those, right third of the league. All of those teams combined. Have less than a pay, have a less payroll than the New York Mets, do, the nine Mets in their squadron. You gotta spend money to make money. Steve Cohen and like he's gonna eventually gonna sell the Mets, and after that's, he spends, that's uh, an insane stat. I'm sorry, that's insane. That is so. Like after he spends all this money, because I think I think the I saw the stat they've spent 1.6 billion in total contracts the last three off seasons. So when he sells the Mets, whenever he does, guess what? He's gonna sell that bitch for like five, six billion dollars. Oh, he's walking out. Like he's making out pretty. Don't well, worry, guys. What just happened to the 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 racist asshole in Phoenix? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah a, a cool four billion. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I worry, mean, guys. These guys can afford it. Yeah. They it's... they're using. They get plenty of money every year from from MLB revenues. Their rev, all their revenue streams. Oh. They're, they're, they can completely afford this. And guess what? Even if they do, at the end of the year, when they're doing their budgets and they're like, shit, we kind of spent uh, more than we made this year. If they win, they're going to be making more the next year. Well, it's, it's it okay. does, this is where the one counter argument would be for it's bad for me. I, I still do think it's like good for baseball, good for them spending money. But not every team's going to be able to. Like you mentioned, like the Pirates is like one of those teams. It helps that the Mets are in New York. Like, cause you're getting that huge revenue share where like, right. Pittsburgh, you're not getting that money. So like right. George, I remember having this, I interviewed this director that did the documentary, like believe land and like George Steinbrenner so almost right. bought the uh, Indians back in the day. Um, and they, so he ended up buying the Yankees cause the Cleveland screwed him out of it. But like he was saying, like George probably would have spent a bunch of money in Cleveland, but it wouldn't have been able to last as long as it did in New York. Just cause like, no matter how rich you are as an owner, you're not getting that big revenue share. Like it's just you can't compete as a mid to low market team in the MLB the way it's set up. I saw this about their uh, tax penalty stuff. The uh, like the penalties you get when you go over the luxury tax. Yep. I think a portion of that goes to goes it gets spread out to the smaller revenue teams. As Brian just said in the comments, spend money to make money. Tell that to Oakland owner who keeps swimming in his Scrooge McDuck pool filled with other teams' luxury tax payments. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. They get much, like the, the, whatever it is, what was it, like $170 million that they're going to have to pay in uh, luxury tax? 
like that, like part of that money is going to get spread out to these other small market teams. Yep. Yeah. And my other stat that I, I can't prepare with stats tonight, folks. Uh, stat top, over here. The top. Whoop, wrong set. That's the second set. Top 10 teams as far as 2023 uh, projected payroll. Mets, Yankees, Padres, Phillies, Blue Jays, Angels for some fucking reason. Oh, Trout. Yeah. Trout. Angels, Braves, Dodgers, Astros, and rounding out your top 10, the Chicago White Sox. Woo! Um, here's the top ten teams projected war. Tell me where you see these line up: Mets, Yankees, Padres, Braves, and then the Raves. All the Tampa Bay Rays sneak in there because the outlier. They do Moneyball correctly. Blue Jays, Astros, Dodgers, Cardinals, Guardians. Notice who's not on that top ten list of projected war. You know who's not on the top fifteen list of projected war now i know i said earlier in the show i don't take these projections as gold but i'm just saying if that doesn't tell you you got to spend money right now on the paper mets yankees padres braves they're cooking yeah it's as simple as to if you don't have a great farm system or just have a uh, an insane uh minor league developmental system like the rays or cleveland or what the they've Dodgers. done with pitching or the, I mean, the Dodgers have everything. They're, yep. they're a unicorn. You have to spend a lot of money to get the best players, and that's how you're going to get a, a better projection. <laughs> that's as simple as that. You got to. who wasn't in that top 10 of projections, they spent some money this offseason, and now they're better. Yep. 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 I feel like going circling back with Liam, I feel like teams that actually make sense for the White Sox to, possibly trade them to are like the Blue Jays or the Dodgers. Obviously I've been saying the Dodgers for fucking months now. Blue Jays got a all-star closer. Romano or what's his name? Yeah. Uh, I tweeted about him the other day. Hold well, on. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch, isn't it the guy that the Sox got from the yeah, rule five? last time the White Sox had a first round pick. Yeah. And at the rule okay. five draft, they got this guy and then they immediately traded him for cash considerations. It was, Sorry, I'll pull it up here. Well, Ian Happ for Liam Hendricks? They're not trading him to the Cubs, bud. Right. Um, I'm just trying to think of teams that have something that would be beneficial to the White Sox that need a closer. I mean, the one that screams, that jumps off the page, that just, it's the Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers need the closer. They have the, the farm. They have a ton of dudes that are MLB ready that can fill positions of need for the White Sox, mainly second base and outfield. It, the Dodgers make a ton of sense. And I understand that the last time the White Sox sent a closer their way, it didn't really work out. It is Jordan Romano. It but... is Romano, yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing, too, with the Mets trade that I, I don't understand why people – Liam did not particularly do well in the dual closer setup. <laughs> Yep. The Mets just dropped a hundred million dollars on Diaz. I'm I'm not exactly chomping at the bit. Evan Phillips was good. I just I think I think they can benefit from a Liam Hendricks in LA. For sure. They need a close. Like Craig. Does Atlanta got a closer? Who? Atlanta. Atlanta I think 
Atlanta got a good closer. Jansen go to? No, Kelly Jansen's there, but he ain't no fucking closer anymore. Wasn't he still solid last year? Am I making that up? He was solid, but I don't think they had him in the closer role. Oh, okay. Atlanta. Well, the Philly, don't the Phillies need a closer? Yes. Yeah, the Phillies do. And Jansen's with the Red Sox now, I believe. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, Jansen left to the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, here we go. Roster. Cubs Braves, catchers, infielders, outfielders, designated hitter. Where's the pitchers? Oh, here's the pitchers. God damn it. Oh, by the way, uh, if you guys want good news about... Oh, uh, that's right. They traded for Iglesias. I forgot about yeah, the Braves. That's what it was. So wait, the Angels need a closer then. I mean, who the fuck? Well, who on the Angels do I want? Well, you know, Trout. we're inquiring about Shohei Otani. Liam Hendricks for Mike Put Trout. Put up the picture. Put up the picture. It solves, it solves a lot of problems. Liam Hendricks for Mike Trout. Straight up. Love it. You heard it here first. Trout was hurt last year. Stock's down. Yeah, stock's down. So many pitchers now. Maybe they're here. trying to get out of uh, that money. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they they had conversations. They had conversations. You know, you give them Liam Hendricks and then Leary Garcia, who can play multiple positions. So it's kind of like what Shohei does, hitting and yeah. pitching. And it's basically the same thing. Maybe throwing Gavin Sheets. He hits for some power. Even Lefty trip. bat, another yeah. lefty bat. Yeah. I'm sprinkling in Gavin Sheets in any deal. <laughs> A little sweetener. Here's a little Gavin Sheets for you. Little Gavin, Gavin Sheets. Drizzling some sheets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Danny fucking burgers. Danny burgers is primed to have a big year this year. The food in this he has like all the protection in the world now. Heart attack. He was playing in Chicago by August. Like this. Yeah, Danny burgers in Chicago is a dead man. First of all, <laughs> and second of all, I mean you have to. You, you can't go around them like figuratively, figuratively and literally anymore. Because Danny? this Padres pitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. <laughs> the Shake Shack straight to the dugout part <laughs> kills me every time. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, no, I think he'll. he's like the cheapest option they have in New York now. It's like, how much are you making? Oh, pff, 10 mil. <laughs> Maybe we should pay for dinner for the poor. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, there's got to be teams that need closers. No, there, there. Are. I, I mean, the Philly, the Phillies need a closer. Phillies would be the big one. Who the Phillies got that we want? I mean, I don't think they're trading Stott anymore. No, ship sailed on that one. I don't. I don't really know. I don't think they have a good farm system. I don't really know. <laughs> Let's see. Nicholas Castiana. Phillies farm. There you go for right field. Maybe they want to dump that money because he was go. brutal. He was pretty bad for him. Uh, he was. Uh, I still have faith in Castellanos, though. I think he's having a bounce back season. Phillies. Oh, by the way, Stephen Kwan. I know you guys are worried about him. Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys obviously know he doesn't hit the ball hard. He's just knowing his hell because he just no. Hits he hits home singles. runs against the White Sox. Uh, well, only he the White Sox. He definitely hits home runs against the White Sox. Fangraphs wrote a story the other day uh, looking at like rookies who don't hit the ball hard but like are good like do can they He's eventually so i hate him so much can they eventually uh you know raise their average exit velocity uh 
things aren't looking too too good for guys like Stephen Kwan. Mm. Big uh, big year too, because uh, like we Kwan said, like we said for guys like Madrigal, yeah, that only hit into so much luck. Stephen Kwan is the type of guy, though. You're saying that, yeah. Stephen Kwan's the type of guy that I am going to absolutely hate him with like the energy of like a thousand fucking armies. I'm going to hate him. Well, the good thing Unless is, you guys have like, your own Stephen Kwan now. But then, if like there was just like a rumor, like, oh, or they made like some weird deal where Kwan, I would go and pick him up. He's an O'Hare pickup guy. <laughs> I would love Stephen Kwan on a White Sox. Wait, he's just love like Nick Magical. I am looking at the Phillies farm system here. I don't think it's good. Not great, Bob. Not, not great, Bob. Yeah, are we really in the spot where we're trading for prospects, though? If we're going to be trading Liam Hendricks, we not, better have some major They got a second base ball. prospect name. Oh, fuck, I'm going to butcher the shit out of this kid's name. <laughs> 19-year-old kid. No. He's a second baseman. Uh, he's ETA into the league is 2025, so he's out. We got Colson Montgomery. That man is yeah. useless to us. Yeah. yeah, I'm not even gonna say his name then. Good. No, what is that? Was a good not, say. Not even gonna say his name. <laughs> not even gonna put that out there. Uh, the Brewers, the Brewers need a closer, don't they? Because they Hater went to the Padres. Rogers no, they, is a free agent. Rogers is a free agent. Who the Brewers got that I want? They have some studs. They got some guy. And Colton Wong. No, didn't Colton Wong? Oh, he just signed. They're not going to trade him. They just signed the guy. No, they traded him to the Mariners, didn't they? Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We got to keep up with this shit. We got to make a spreadsheet or some shit for <laughs> pregame. Yeah, so. right. Um, Milwaukee. Maybe Brewers. you guys want to. I don't think they would trade Willie Adamas. He's too good. Don't want him. Contreras. Uh, William Contreras. Um, yeah. See you, Sam. I will take Electric <laughs> Contreras. I might. You know, the White Sox would be so stupid. And they would get, like, what's his name? Uh, the guy that was supposed to be, like, Nick Madrigal. And then he oh, sucked. Oh, for the Padres? No, for the Brewers. But he got traded to the Brewers. I know who you're talking about. No, 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 no. He's always been with the Brewers. He keeps going up and down, too, from their front oh. AAA to their team. He, he's second base, first base. He plays a bunch uh, of Hira. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. That guy could actually hit home runs. Yeah, but he, he hasn't been good. But oh, no. Give me Yelich. I would. Yelich is an O'Hare guy. I would pick up Yelich from O'Hare. Hmm. Well, they're not They're not cheating in Milwaukee anymore, so he's been kind of bad. That's yeah, true. he has been pretty bad the last couple of years. I've just always been a Yelich fan. Do you uh, know what Christian Yelich is turning into, actually? Which, for oh, all the great. Brewers fans, for all the Brewers fans that made fun of the Cubs, well, he's turning into Jason Hayward. <laughs> He kind of is. What kind of paper Jelich still got? I think his extension was like seven years, one hundred eighty-five. Too expensive. Yeah. Too expensive. Too expensive. Well, no. When did it? When did he sign it though? Like, where? How? I think it's barely he... starting next year. Oh fuck that then. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I thought he was at the end of it. I mean, I way to ship him out of town. I think he. I think he literally signed it yeah, during two, his that, or right two, after his <laughs> MVP season. 252 with an OPS of 738 and 14 homers ain't, ain't moving the needle for that month. That was his That's that was his Miami Marlins days. Also, did anybody know that Drury was apparently like Angel super fan? No, I saw that. Yeah, I really saw that story. No idea. His dad's like, oh, I'm so happy for him. He loved me. I didn't know that shit. He had like a rally monkey and all that shit. Like, I didn't know all that. Well, now you have to go completely the other ways, though. Come on. You got to be like, it's a one-year wonder. 
Jerry? No, I Wait, Jerry had a rally monkey or his dad had a rally monkey? Oh, Jerry did. He like grew up like loving Die Hard Angels. Angels fan. Die Hard Angels fan. Was there like a mutiny in the locker room when he showed up with a rally monkey last year? I don't think yeah. he brought it to work with him, Mitch. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> so, hey, hey, guys, you ever heard of a rally monkey? Yeah. <laughs> Are we playing them next week? Oh, my bad. Yeah. You see, you Remember see when that was a really in? big thing. You see him coming into the clubhouse just in a, like an Angels T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, like a Tim Sandman jersey. Yeah. Like, what's up, oh, guys? Go ahead. Can you sign my ball? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Trout, can I get another autograph baseball? I mean, the Angels are going to be fucking booty cheeks again, but I, oh, think, yeah. I still think Jerry's going to be good. Death taxes and the Angels being booty. And I want him to be good too now because of all the people. I know you're watching too, Beef Loaf. All the people that think he's gonna suck. Token for, or um Jerry. Jerry. Yep. Hey, that that's one thing yep. Kevin and Jed Hoyer have. Yep, in see there he is right on cue, you motherfucker. You lucky you're so handsome. <laughs> Beef Loaf said, sorry, not sorry for your loss, though Jerry has a two career B war, two point six of it was last year. Yes, he's on the fucking stock you're a numbers guy, dude. His stock's trending up, bro. Like Turn it around. I don't know. I, I'm in deep with that, so I got to ride it out. <laughs> I mean, Look at the lineup well, protection he's going to have next year. The good he's news is, the, for a breakout. But let's. I mean, the good news is he's on the Angels, so like once the season starts, no one's ever going to talk about him again. Yeah. yeah. So, See, that, that, that's what I want for Nick Madrigal. I hope he goes to the Angels. Like would, Nick, no, like Nick Madrigal, Nick he Madrigal would be though. perfect on the Rockies. Send him, send him somewhere. I mean, he's an Oregon guy. Send him somewhere West Coast. Send him somewhere where there's no expectations. There, he can wake up. It's like time it, It's like when your dog gets old and you 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 give him to a farm. Except for like, he's 25. Yeah. <laughs> but like I'm just saying, you want him to go somewhere where you know he he doesn't. Yeah, have... like, like no one's gonna hurt him. Hey, no, no one's gonna hurt him in Miami. No. Just well, keep him on no, the bench if you're the Cubs. I don't know about Nick. Nicky two strikes. Coming into pinch hit, pinch run late in the game. The thing I worry about though with that is like, wouldn't he lose his rhythm? Like he's used to being an everyday player. No, he's not. He's hurt half the year. Well, there's that too. Madrigal is a perfect royal. (laughs) They already have a guy, Nicky Lopez. No, well, he would. Madrigal would be like Whit Merrifield 2.0. Dude. (laughs) Maybe a worse Whit Merrifield. I still remember. I still remember when Royals fans, Royals fans were like. Back in 2019, I think it was like, there's no way we would ever trade Merrifield to the Cubs if it's not Horner at least back. Beat it. <laughs> Beat it. It's like a package has to Which start with still Horner. in Toronto, right? Yeah. Can we get him from there? Probably not. Dude, get you Whitt don't to... want Whit Merrifield. Let him ride it out, bro. Him and Grafoyle's got history and shit. Like, let him ride Sign it out. Up. The years of being tortured by Whit Merrifield. Let him yeah, be fine. Right off into the sunset as the White Sox second baseman. Yeah, but those always backfire. You guys know this. I know, but still. <laughs> it's better than what we got. I'll take him you're, over. You're, so you're starting to get into the psyche of White Sox fandom. We know it's bad, but we still we want it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll take Nick. I mean, Whit Merrifield's better than what we currently have at second base. Who would you rather? Like, I would. I obviously you'd hate to have both back, but like. White Sox Twitter, you know, everyone's freaking out about one of these two trades, which would be worse for you if they came back to the White Sox. Nick Madrigal or James McCann? It'd probably be Madrigal just because it's annoying. The Madrigal is just so annoying to me now. It's ridiculous. It's bad. 
Um, Brian Wick got vaccinated because he plays. He had a, to to play with Toronto before because he started with Toronto before they bounced that rule. Um, yeah, the medical shit's just annoying as fuck to me. That's why I hope he goes out west. I hope the Cubs deal him. Just put him on the Angels. Put him on fucking Rockies. The Rockies. The Rockies would be so good because like he he hit like two eighty. Yep. Put Nick Madrigal in the Rockies and he hits 15 home runs. Act like I'm not going to go crazy on Twitter. <laughs> Nick Madrigal on the Giants? Imagine all those inside the park home runs to right center. There you go. Sure. No, there you go. Guys, come on, Giants, pony yeah, up. Look what we Just got. We got Nicky strikes. Yeah, we missed out on Aaron Judge. We dropped, <laughs> we fumbled the bag with Correa, but hey, we got you Conforto and Nick Madrigal. <laughs> Don't forget, come on, Mitch Hanniger. Respect. And Mitch Hanniger. I actually, I would have taken Mitch Hanniger on the White Sox. Oh, yeah. Would you rather have Hanniger or Benintendi? Hanniger. That's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. Probably Benintendi just strictly, the deciding factor for me is left-handed bat. Okay, fair. Hanager. Do you guys think he gets back to his, like, 15 home run? No. Benintendi? I think he'll get, like, 11. Yeah. I think he will hit 278, 11 home runs. Solid enough defense. That's um, baseball reference has his 2023 projection at 10 home runs. All right. All right. See, I Mitch, I got more confidence. With the slash line of 278, 341, 403. With Mitch, seven, did you look these up? I swear to God, I did not look at that. With the 745 <laughs> OPS. How many stolen bases, Mitch? Seven. Does he steal bases? Eight, you lied. Oh, you, Mitch. Have your phone. you lied. Mitch right, how, knows how, ball. How, how many RBIs? We're getting in a bet how many RBIs? 52. Holy shit. They got him at 57. Mitch knows <laughs> ball, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You that's know what that. you're going to get. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty <laughs> Wait, impressive. Look, do another player. Do another player. <laughs> Dansby Swanson. How many home runs Dansby Swanson going to hit? Projection, baseball reference. I'll put him at 20, 25. 22. All right. How many stolen bases? Dancy Swanson. 15. 12. You're right. You're within five of yeah, all these. Dude. That, that, yeah. What's the Powerball numbers for tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one. RBI total for Dansby Swanson. I'll put him at 72. Oh, you fucked up this one. Uh, did I? They, they got him at 80. So you were outside your five. Damn. Your five range. I was going to go 75, too. Yeah. Yeah, you probably kill it on the price. Well, right, Mitch dude. is still waiting to see if the Cubs get Mancini or not. He needs, to, he needs yeah. guys on base. This well, that's is true. true. Well, we all know Mancini's wheels are going to make a big difference. Yeah. You guys keep making the fun of the cancer survivor. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> um I actually kind of like this game where Mitch guessed projections because it's kind of freaking me out do, a little bit. UTA, UTA. What's Tim Anderson at? All right, let me pull up let me pull up Tim Anderson. I'm gonna overshoot TA. I got more confidence. TA is gonna be beefing up. He's pissed about his relationship. He's pissed that he was hurt. This man's gonna be hitting bombs next year. How many bombs? Let's put him at well, see, I said he's gonna be hitting bombs, but like I'm gonna I'm gonna put him at 18 home runs. <laughs> You are a fanboy. They got him at twelve. I don't know. 
How many RBIs for the White Sox leadoff man in 2023? 43. Fuck, you're good. 41. Ooh. How many stolen bases? 18. Well, you're right at five. 13. All right. Over All right. What's a give me a, a batting average for the the TA two batting champ? Here, here, three oh one doesn't have brain behind him. We'll put him at right back where with three oh one. Two ninety four. Damn. All right, well, I think he's hitting the three hundred. They got a slash. Line, they have a slash line at two ninety four, three thirty four, four thirty seven, with an OPS of seven seventy one, hitting twelve home runs with forty one RBIs and thirteen stolen bases. That's not getting him paid. No, that is not getting him paid. I mean, I can't even say anything guys, because I think that that OPS is higher than than Danzy Swanson. Well, he's a better uh, player. <laughs> let's, not, let's not kid ourselves here. We he's a better hitter than Danzy Swanson. I mean, I don't think that's like a, a like crazy thing for me to well, say. Well, he's a better hitter for average. Yeah. People yeah. shit on his fielding too. He's getting better every year. Like he's no Danzy Swanson, obviously, but like he's gonna be better than what he was. Last year he got bad though again. Yep, it got bad for a little bit. But I think yeah, some of that was because he was playing with any and uh his hand. Fat. That's true. I think a healthy Tim Anderson needs to have a big year in 2023 if he's even going to fathom trying to command the kind of money that well, we he's not going to get paid for a while. No, he's got another three years. Yeah, but this is when you got to start building this shit up. Yeah, um, like he's gonna. I think he's gonna be like 31 when he becomes a free agent. Oh, poor Timmy. So, well, if he stacks three really good years together. Apparently, thirty-one's not that old anymore. Someone yeah. will give him nine years. Well, the Mets, well, the Mets will pay him based off his likes. He's as good as gone. He's want to be in Chicago. <laughs> well, you, you see how quickly, unlike that, as soon as people found, saw started that started going public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes these athletes forget that people can see what you like. On it's Twitter. like Samuel Jackson. I saw a tweet like that. He was liking all the porn bot stuff. Oh, yeah. Samuel! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Thing. I like him, all. but I saw a comment. It's like, yo, you know, Samuel. Uh, everyone can see what you like. No, but liked everything. Whoops. Yep. And I mean, it's fine. I think, I think Tim was a little frustrated, but I don't blame him. I like, yeah, you know what? I'm still, I'm still Team T T A. By the way, do you guys? I think he's gonna have a great year. I do too. Are they gonna change the balls? Well, I don't know. Gonna, I don't know. His offense just not going to be good record. anymore. I think they need to use those. Uh, what do they call them? The goalie the goldie lock. <laughs> just use those, because those are not. Those are only for judge. Dead, but those aren't dead, and they're not juiced. They're right in the middle. They're just right. Use those. Well, I mean, you, you, you guys will get those. You guys are going to be on ESPN opening uh, opening night. Getting smacked by the Astros. Oof. That's going to suck. Ray yeah. walk off. A brave, a brave just, no, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be a walk off. He's going to screw us. What is he gonna bat six? He's going to bat six in that lineup. What's going to happen is Cease will pitch a pretty solid game, and then we'll put in Graveman in like the eighth inning, and a brave nope. will have like a crushing double to blow it wide open. Like it'll be relatively close. Like we'll be down by like one or two runs. Like hey, we're hanging in there, and then Brave's going to break it wide open. I disagree. Brave's first at bat. Dylan's gonna go right at him with a fastball, and a Braves gonna hit the fucking train. Nah, Dylan's a Cy Young candidate. Braves, Cy Young candidates give up home runs. 
I know. Abreu. I just want to miss Abreu as much as Abreu's I Abreu's going to be juiced. He's going to be juiced up. He's going to be pumped up to face Cease. Cease is going to – he knows Cease, like, you know, back of his hand. Cease is going to probably try to get cute with the slider or some shit, and Abreu's just going to fucking put it on the train tracks. First at bat with the Astros. Nah. Yep. Base is loaded. I will bet it. I will bet when – that comes around. Remind me. I will put my hand on the line. Right That's what I'm betting. He's going to be like this, and he's going to chase the slider. Well, it's going to be you know, it's going to be one of two things. He's either going to hit a home run off Steve. It's going to be like bases loaded, one out, and he's going to hit into a double play. And then all the Sox fans who were like, "Good that he was gone," they're like, "See, we told you so." Yeah. Or oh, look at there, <laughs> O'Brien doing what he does best. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> or he's just going to hit a bomb, and I'm going to cry. Happy tears. Okay, yeah, because you'll have some, some cash in your wallet. Yep. Yeah. What do you think a Bray would be opening night for a home run? Like plus, th- plus 300? It's going to be kind of lower because they're going to take into account that he's going to be fired up to play them. The revenge game. What do you think Jose Abreu's projected home runs are going to be? Ooh. Oh, I think he's going to have a pretty big year. Well, Chelsea Bay is like what his power numbers down. We'll say I put him at 23. 20. Ooh, I was going to say 23 as well. They got him at 20 with 84 RBIs, which I think is low. That is a little low. He's going to Because look. he's going to be batting six in an absolutely fucking smack lineup. Yeah, I agree with you. And he's an RBI machine. They got him at 119 strikeouts. That seems a bit high. He had 110 this year. That sounds about right. So, and they, <laughs> all right, these projections just lost a lot of merit with me. They got him at two stolen bases. <laughs> hey, it could happen. Prince Fielder had 16 stolen bases one year. You never know. Prince Fielder can move, man. For a big man, you put respect on Prince Fielder's name. Prince well, Fielder can move. No one would hold him on because they'd be like, hey. No, Prince Fielder can move, Daddy. man. The big vegan. He can move, dude. I the love big vegan. Yeah, he was a big vegan. Yeah, that's right. Is that a yeah. nickname? Is that what people called him? No, I don't. I don't know about that, but I do remember. I just it came did out right the now. Print the big vegan fielder. I, I just like did right it. now. Print the shirts. I'm pretty sure there's a big storyline when he. I think it was when he signed the big deal with Detroit or with the Tigers. Detroit or the Rangers, or the Tigers. Detroit. Well, whoever he signed the big deal with. Detroit. Like it, yeah, and then it came out that he was a vegan. People were like, oh, no wonder he's not hitting home runs anymore. No, I think that was Texas, man. Because <laughs> Isn't Texas? That's probably the worst place you can go vegan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was See, Texas. Think it's not that healthy for you. Look at this tub of lard. Yep. Well, you know, Justin Fields is a vegan. Pretty good. Yeah. Not Pro Bowl good, though. Pretty good for a running back. Should be Pro Bowl good. Well, apparently he's not. Freaking Bobby Douglas's record. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Justin Fields, Dansby Swanson from the same town, I think, in, in Georgia. Danny, Danny fucking Burgers versus the big vegan in a sumo wrestling match. Who do you take? <laughs> now or in, like. They're prime. They're like, prime? Prince Fielder's prime and then Danny Burgers. Fielder, because, like, I think Fielder is, he was a Fielder tank. can move for a big dude. Yeah, he had the, he had the quick feet. That's not helping you, though. Is well, I guess it is a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma drill, then. We'll make it simple. <laughs> Ooh. That's, kind of then, that's better. Rick Shithouse. And I feel like he just wouldn't care. I'm going to go Danny Burgers. I think I'm Danny, yeah, Vogelbach. 
That yeah. was like I, I one of the games in Minnesota I was at a couple years ago it was like Michael Pineda and Lance Lynn warming up and their bullpens like right next to each other. You can feel like the earth rumbling with those two big guys. It looks like an offensive line warming up. Massive. Hold on. Now we got to look this up because we need facts. <laughs> Wait, what are you looking up? If he was a vegetarian or a vegan. I think it was vegetarian. Uh, mm. I think it was vegetarian, um, no? Prince Fielder, Fielder had a tattoo on the left side of his neck. It was a Korean symbol for Prince. Fielder was actually a vegetarian for all of three months. Oh, okay. ah, there it is. So, good call, Beef Loaf. I don't know why that stuck with me, but yeah. I'm telling you, it was like a national headline. <laughs> it's like Prince fat, fat Guy Prince Fielder is a vegetarian now. Like yep. That's literally what people were saying. <laughs> Yep, and it, oh, poor Prince. It did come out when he was in Texas. <laughs> of course it did. They did yep. some like digging, like, hey, you want to go get like barbecue? Well, actually, I'm a vegetarian now. You're a what? Sitting headlines all over the next day. I mean, that's a, that's another guy, though, that's like uh, what could have been. What do you, It was neck injuries, right? I yeah. think so, yeah. Yeah, it was his neck that was fucking jacked. I mean, he was definitely, he had some couple years left in him. That's he was a tear uh, in Milwaukee against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he retired with the Brewers. Man, I was a big Prince Fielder fan. Now when he's with the Detroit, I wasn't. No. I hate Detroit teams. Those are the worst. How did you guys deal with uh, Maglio was with the Tigers? I he was one. Of, it, it sucked that he was with the Tigers, but I always loved Maglio. I was too young to appreciate Maglio, but when I was in like was intergar- so like when I was first watching, <laughs> so. so good. He was so no, that's good. Like, yeah, my, that was my dad's favorite player. Like when I was first growing up, like watching my first Sox game, so I'd always hear him like yelling like Max, Max. Maglio, yeah, Maglio was the man, dude. Um, have you guys seen this video that is going around Twitter of Josh Donaldson bat flipping non home runs? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, it's, so it's the greatest video on Twitter right now. I absolutely. It's funny how like some of those aren't even close. The second one, guys. The second in, one in, in Toronto. Or it was in. Uh, it was Toronto because like I think the other, but like because it was like the longest bat flip too out of like all of them. And it's just oh, like I, a, it's a routine fly ball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like it's holding not even it close out. to the warning track. The best is how many of these he gets thrown out at it. Second. Thrown out, yeah. Those are almost funnier than the warning track ones where it's like, oh, shit, I got to run. Like the playoff one where it's like yeah. off the lawn and gets started. He's like, what? No, it's a home run. No. You know what? This is, I listened to a six-minute Fids video. This is happening right now. <laughs> this is Poor happening. Kids. If we're playing videos, because these are just amazing. Oh, with the little hop? Yep. The- but here, this is the best part. Oh, that's second by a mile. <laughs> this is the Toronto one. Oh, oh my he's watching God. it. And he pumps his pants out. Warning track. Not uh, even at the warning track. That's bad. Can we just show this every show until the start of next season? <laughs> I mean, that was that just... got bailed out by the ground rule double. That's too yeah. bad. That was like, terrible that feeling. Caught, uh... I think this one's awesome. I think this one's like nowhere close. Oh no, it's the next one. It's the next... There's there's one coming up in Boston. Yeah, here it is. This is a pop out, bro. 
And he flips that forward too. Put that yeah. on it and everything. Yeah. Pop out. That one didn't he launch angle didn't even look close to getting out. All right, that one hit the top of the wall. Okay, that's fair. But I think he gets thrown out at second. He gets thrown one. out. I don't know. He, I think there was, there was two runners on. <laughs> oh, this is the playoff one, is it? Yeah. And again, these are Mickey Mouse fly balls in other stadiums. Oh, yeah, this is the playoff one where he gets in the run. This one just made me smile. <laughs> that was for... so... <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. He's like, I... no, it's a home run. I need you guys to promise me, if and when I bite the bullet, that that gets shown on a monitor at my funeral. Uh, when the Yankees trade Hendricks for Torres and Josh Donaldson, how pissed are you going to be? I would not watch one Sox game. The whole season. <laughs> hey, there we go. And it's passing that reported it to Corey McCann. Go ahead, Mitch. Break the moves. James McCann, everyone on White Sox Twitter's favorite catcher, has been traded to Baltimore for Jeff Passan. Well, wait, are you guys saying? That the White Sox team just want to do a salary dump of Liam Hendricks? Crazy. <laughs> I thought... Thank God the madness is over. Yep. Hold on. I got it. Crazy. I thought <laughs> Hendricks for McCann, McCann straight up was going to happen. <laughs> Shout out to uh, all the, all the uh, MLB insiders that had yeah. the – the the heavy the heated talks between the Mets and White Sox for Liam Hendricks. I mean that's actually a pretty solid salary dump for the Mets to get him off the books. Yeah, no, I mean no, that that's the point though. You wouldn't be getting a good player back. <laughs> no, it's a pure salary dump. <laughs> oh man! All right, so Steve Cohen does care a little bit about money. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, his accountant had to have, like, woken up from his blackout coma that he went into when he saw that number and was like, you got to do something. He's like, uh, Stevie boy, uh, yeah. <laughs> you got you got this $12 million black hole on your roster. Yeah, What a great day to be a Mets fan. You get a new shortstop, you ditch James McCann. Must be nice. Must be nice. I, I can't get – okay, so I totally get where people are coming from. We're like, just because they're doing this and it's great for baseball, it uh, doesn't mean I'm not going to be laughing my ass off when the when the Mets lose, like in the NLDS. I agree with that, but I still can't get it over the people who are like, I can't believe they're just trying to buy a title. Like, yeah, no shit. Like, yes. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I'm going to actively root against them. Like, that's going to be, like, one of the top teams I'm hoping lose. Yeah. It's funny, like, but... you know, that is completely fair because obviously they're like yes. the they're like the top fucking dog right now. So yeah, you're you're always gonna have like the entire country basically root against that. That's still good too. That's what happened forever with the Yankees. You know, teams that always buy or you know are winning. But like, I I just don't get like who was it? The fucking the Axelrod guy. He's <laughs> like, all my life I grew up uh, cheering for the Mets, and now yep. they're just trying to buy a World Series. Back in the day, you used to have to develop a farm system, damn it. I mean, why would you be mad about your team going out and signing the best players? I, th I think somebody quotes you today. He's like, I'm I, I, I a White Sox fan for five minutes. <laughs> be a White Sox fan for five minutes. Oh, my God. Um, oh, I feel bad because we've done this. Our buddy Josh Nelson over at Sox Machine just tweeted, 
We just finished recording a Sox Machine episode coming up with crazy trade ideas involving James McCann. <laughs> Literally, as soon as we hit stop recording, he gets dealt to Baltimore. That's why you got to just do a two-hour show, dude. You just keep going until yeah. something happens. But breaking moves, James McCann traded Baltimore. to Baltimore. What the hell is Baltimore doing? It just has a player to be named later. But still, James McCann sucks. James McCann is not good. No, but they'll sell their fans on the 2019 season. Hey, you know, he was an all-star one. Oh, yeah, big time. Oh, other breaking moves. Uh-oh. Lance Lynn got his first tattoo. On his left forearm, it says Big Nasty. That is pretty good. Yeah. With, okay, okay. Deer, with buck antlers, and it looks like, is that three crows? Or crow's feet? I think those are birds. I don't. It, but it says big nasty, and I love it because I hope he does a thing now where like he strikes someone out and it's just like big nasty motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, we did not. Did we talk about him being on Team USA last yeah, week? Yeah. Last week. yeah. Oh yeah. I think it was after after you signed off, uh, Zoe, But yeah, Mitch was. Uh, we're talking about uh, guys pitching, especially pitchers, being a little worried. Yeah, Glad you not- the rest of the episode. Not a <laughs> definitely didn't. Uh, not a fan of him putting extra miles on there. Yeah, where I'm with you there. Totally, especially like and like we said this last week too. So we won't get too much into it. But like you got like Kopech doesn't throw a lot of innings. Clevenger yeah. has thrown two hundred once. Like he's supposed to be the workhorse guy. I don't want extra miles on him. No, I do yeah. really hope he comes out to the mound Kenny power style with like the American flag around his neck, just telling like crowds to suck it coming out to I'm a real American. I don't need that. Someone's going to throw a beer bottle at his head or something. (laughs) He catch it and drink it. Yeah, I guess that's true. These big fucking nasty motherfuckers respect. It says it on his arm. I don't like the little birds though. It kind of makes it look like a broad tattoo, but still, Let's focus on the positive. Focus, focus on, the positive. on the positive. I, <laughs> you, you know what? Video in Pittsburgh. You want to talk about positive? That was a lot. Oh my god! Oh, man, we kind of lost a good pitcher. Look at this guy. That, that <laughs> was that was sad. It was sad. I, I no, was I, sad. I that made the perfect that video comment was somebody sad. saying like, "You feel bad as a White Sox fan," and then you see the Pittsburgh Pirates with the Vince Velasquez hype video. Yeah, that's tough. That, that actually, like, I I felt bad and like. I feel like the pirates got something cooking up there too. And no, no, Cruz came because because Earth. their best I mean, player is literally like trade me. Yeah, Cruz hits absolute piss missiles, but that's like one in every like fifty something at bats. The other like he could be guys again. Like they could be absolute super superstars on teams. Right. That doesn't mean they're going to be good. Yeah, but McNeil's not going, or not uh, Reynolds, Reynolds isn't going anywhere. Like even if, even though he wants to be traded, they're not traded. I mean, he's under control till twenty twenty six. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's got to be completely so demoralizing as a player when you're just like, "Hey, man, trade me. I really want out of here." And they're just like, mm, "No." And then you have to go in that locker room. Yep, you're stuck in this black well, hole. Hey guys, I've always wondered why. I mean, I guess I I kind of get there's less. I guess players had. Well, no. I mean, players have a lot. They have guaranteed deals. Why don't more MLB players hold out if they really do want to get traded? I don't know. I I guess it's just it's not part of the culture. I mean, baseball more of a team. Well, 
I don't know. I Why don't, don't guys hold out more often in MLB? Like Brian Reynolds. Real. He could be like, no, fuck you. I'm not playing. Trade me. Why? 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 Well, you have to hold out longer for it to make uh, like an actual impact with how many games there are. Like in a football season, you hold That's out true. like four or five games. That's a bigger deal than it is if you're like. What if? What if it's like I'm not? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna show up to spring training. Like, don't count on me. Yeah. yeah I well, guess he could. He could. What if Tim Anderson in, in February? He's like, give me an extension now, or I'm not showing up. Does that never happen? I feel like someone's had to have done that before. I know someone in the comments, if you're still there, I know we're two hours deep, but who's the longest holdout? Hold on. Let's see if we can Google this. Longest MLB holdout. By the way, are, are you guys still going to love Carlos Rodon? The Yankees now? No. Yeah. Meh. I didn't love them with say, uh, my favorite team, the the Giants. <laughs> yeah, we're big Giants fans. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, uh, no, they're just giving me a bunch of lockouts and strikes. I don't need that. MLB yeah, I don't, I don't, player players are just, they to don't hold out. I think Mitch is right start. though. Just like just the season is so long that it'd be um, tough to. Joe DiMaggio hold, held out. Oh, there you go. What? Now we're on to something. 20 infamous sports contract holdouts. Juwan Howard, Alexei Yeshin, Cam Chancellor, Ken Dryden, Sean Gilbert, uh, Don Drysdale, and Sandy Koufax in 66. Like, what do they want? Like an extra thousand dollars? <laughs> I think they wanted uh, another cooler beer in the locker room. Uh, Chris Johnson, Pavel Burry, Jamarcus Russell, ew. Eric ew. Dickerson, Philip Rivers, Joe DiMaggio. DiMaggio wouldn't budge past the $40,000 salary he desired. The Yankees refused <laughs> to honor the dollar amount. They waited it out, and eventually DiMaggio backed off. He signed a deal for twenty-five grand. Oh, my God. A fraction of what he originally asked for. Steal. Uh, Emmett Smith, Glenn Robinson, Darnell Rivas, Bo Jackson, John Riggins, Mark Messier, Cornelius Bennett, Walter Jones. That, those are the only baseball players on that list. There you go. There's got to be some, There's got to be a reason they don't do it. What happened to Joe DiMaggio? And the, we're not trying this. There's got to be a reason baseball players don't do it. Can they be fined? Yeah, I think it, I, is it in the players' thing? union where they can be fined? Like, could it end that, up like costing them yeah, money? Yeah, there has to be something. Yeah, because like, especially because again, they have like, if you're, let's say you're an established player, and you have you have a guaranteed contract, but like your team is bad, and like they're not getting better, and you're like, I'm tired of this shit. Trade me. Which is you just described, Brian Reynolds. Well, I think a lot of it too is like a lot of these guys need their service time because they're all trying to hit free agency. Like most of them don't get free agency until they're like 30. So like a lot of them don't have leverage. And then once you are a free agent, you're getting paid anyway. So you got no reason to hold out. Or if you're in the case of like Reynolds, they got another three years of control. So what's he going to do? Set out a full season and then he's going to have no value. It's going to be like Conforto again. And like, well, you just haven't played in a full year. So why are we going to pay? I'm very curious. What year was the Joe DiMaggio thing that I say? 
Uh, I don't think he did say. I don't think he said that one. When, when did Joe DiMaggio play? Shit. In the 50s. 50s, 60s? 56, I think. No, I'm thinking of his history. Joe DiMaggio played... He is a dunker. Brian Drake? From... You can 19, 1936 to 1951. He was an all-star every fucking year he played. Um, so let's just say 1946. So 2,500 in 1946 worth today. So they had Joe DiMaggio for, motherfucker, 380K. <laughs> Decent. That's insane, dude, when you think about it. That's absolutely insane. Mike Clevenger is getting fucking. <laughs> that is crazy, man. James James McCann is getting twelve million. Jesus. Well, hold on. I still can't get over that deal. Four, I, for, I think that four for forty or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and the oh, fact that so many White Sox fans were mad about that. I granted, I understand fully. Hindsight is whatever, but like, so many White Sox fans were mad about that. And it's not like Yasmani's like, you know, tearing up the league, but still take Yaz over him in a heartbeat. Yes, I mean, you take like Sebi over in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like value wise, just like off the contract. I mean, that's your boy, Mitch. That's the next jersey you need to buy. Fuck a little you need to get a Sebi jersey, man. He's got to meet our numbers, though. He's got to meet the quota. Because Seb doesn't have, like, he doesn't have the tenure on the White Sox like Leary does. Okay, so more news on the McCann deal. McCann has two years and $24 million <laughs> left on his contract. The Orioles will assume $5 million of the contract. <laughs> so they just got... James McCann for $5 million. That's a good move for the Orioles. That, that, that means now, they're giving up something of value then. It just says player to be named later. Okay, maybe not. Never mind. They're just trying to dump some salary without really – they got something out of it. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah you're right. I was, I was reading that backwards in my head. Yeah. I mean, yeah, two, two and a half million for a bad yeah, catcher. I mean, you got the Mets eating 75% of the deal. Yeah, Poor James. He's like, wow, we got a stacked team this year. It's going to be fun. The, the, Actually. the first thing well, he had to know he was going. No, I, yeah, yeah. The the first thing I think about is that scene in Moneyball when he's Billy Bean's talking to David Justice and he's like, <laughs> what's he say? Like 16 mil. And he's like, yeah. He's like, no, that's how much the Yankees are paying for you to play against them. <laughs> like, that's how much they think of you. Like, that's James McCann now. It could be worse, though. I mean, Baltimore, they're, they're on the come up. It, like, he could have gone to, Baltimore's like, the gonna A's. Be good, dude. Baltimore's going to be good. They're going to be but freaky and fun. McCann is now their backup catcher behind Adley Rushman. Yeah. yeah. It's going to show Adley the ropes. Jesus, I hope not. I like Adley. <laughs> I like Adley. Oh, you, need, Actually, you need Reed Wire for that. Yeah. Well, he might show him something else in the well, yeah, the dollar, ropes. Yeah. <laughs> parking lot. Uh, I didn't realize that Reese McGuire was kind of good with the Red Sox. He was, he, was, he was okay. He was okay. Get All right. Good, good. Wait, real quick. Gun to your head. Ted Williams or Joe DiMaggio? Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Okay. We're, we're Ted Williams is like one of the best hitters of all time. Arguably the best hitter of all time. People were shifting him before it was fashionable, and he was beating those shifts. 
Also, Ted Williams, I believe, uh, you know, if we ever get the science, I think his brain is still frozen right now. So, or his head, entire head. That man was fighting fighter pilot, like fighter jets or whatever, and then hitting bombs. In fact, and came back and hit like. Yeah. yeah. DiMaggio went to war. Yeah, he did. He did. DiMaggio went to war. Yeah. Ted Williams, the lefty bat. Yeah. So. All right, Mitch, you got anything from Met NASCAR Minute? I know it's the offseason. I do. I've been complete right. crap. I'm telling you, though. Hold on. Mitch, Mitch is the most week. prepared. All right, hold on. <laughs> so, Zoe, last week you missed it. We did like the retired numbers game where the Cubs and Sox, all the retired numbers, we had them like pick one of the numbers and whoever had the more successful NASCAR career, like whichever NASCAR when that number was more successful would win. So we got another version of that. Well, actually a little bit of different, different game here going off of what you said with the, uh, the big vegetarian there with Prince Fielder, pretty good nickname. We're going nicknames, okay. a lot of good nicknames in NASCAR, a lot of famous mm-hmm. nicknames in baseball, great Babino, Jolton Joe, we're going the Joe DiMaggio one. So mm-hmm. I'm going to name some nicknames and you're going to tell me if it's a NASCAR nickname or a baseball nickname. Mm. Hopefully it's not too easy. If you know your baseball history, you should get a lot of these. I tried to find some obscure ones here. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how you do. Uh, we'll start pretty easy. We'll go uh, fireball. Is this a NASCAR? Oh, man. a baseball uh, player. That's nickname. not an easy one. Cause yeah, I, can I was going to say I argue either way. I'm going to go baseball. I'm going to go baseball because, like, I, th- I think they wanted to avoid any references to, like, a potential crash in NASCAR. Right. And I feel you, like that's our man. That's Stevie Fireball. Oh, man. I think we're wrong. I think we're wrong, though. You are both incorrect. Uh, not. Glenn Fireball Roberts. Damn. But he earned that nickname from uh, playing baseball when he was younger. And he threw hard. That's a trick oh, question. question. That's what? a trick well, question. A NASCAR driver. And so that name stuck with them, and they called him Glenn Fireball Roberts, like throughout his NASCAR career. But sadly, he died as a result of a fiery wreck. Oh, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I was gonna say that's a horrible nickname for a NASCAR driver. Yeah, and it didn't end good for him too. But like, like, oh, that's uh, that's Matt ACL Terzawaski over there (laughs) playing left field. It's like, what? No, dude, that's not my nickname. Yeah. There you go. He's NASCAR Hall of Famer. That's a trick question. You came out of the gates dirty, Mitch. That's a Um, dirty one right there. We will go sliced bread. Sliced bread. NASCAR nickname or baseball? I'll I'll go go baseball baseball again. You're both incorrect. It's our good friend Joey Logano's nickname. And because of his pasty complexion, when he was younger, he was 18 in the Cup Series, youngest Cup Series driver ever. And you're in the nickname uh, Sliced Bread, as in the greatest thing since. This, so guy, this, guy, bread, yeah, this guy definitely has the nickname Sliced Bread. All right. Uh, toy Cannon. Toy Cannon. Baseball or NASCAR? Baseball. I, have, I mean, you I'm, can't I'm go through say, it I'm though. just going to go NASCAR just because let's mix it up a little bit. This is a baseball one. Jimmy Wynn, Houston Astros outfielder. He was not a big dude. Only 160 pounds, but he hit 291 home runs. So the Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon. Um, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy, baseball or NASCAR? Baseball. Baseball? No, I know that's the bat. Baseball. 
<laughs> you both go in baseball. This is NASCAR. NASCAR. Jeff Gordon, the Wonder Boy. Yes, sir. Oh, Dale Earnhardt, which his soon-to-be rival. That's how he. That's how he got his nickname, Wonder Boy, and it stuck. All right, let's go. Oil can. Uh, NASCAR baseball. It is baseball. Dennis yeah, Boyd. I knew that one. And he got former pitcher because he had an absolute hog. Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> he got the nickname because he's from Mississippi, and they yeah, can't really like talk down nickname. there in the South, and that's what yeah, they called beer. But yep. they, he was drinking oil, and they called him oil can. That, Dennis Boyd. Like, that, that's the PG Disney version. That boy had an absolute hog. Wait, what was this? Dennis Boyd? Can. Dennis Boyd was his name. Yep. Yep. Um, let's see. Biscuit pants. NASCAR. That's NASCAR. This is a surprise one. This was baseball. Now, this is Lou Gehrig's. Now, it wasn't <laughs> one of his well-known nicknames, <laughs> but his teammates called him that because of his fat ass. <laughs> he, wait, Lou Gehrig was thick? Know, that's why his teammates called him. They called him Hold biscuit on. pants because of his big posterior. Is I'm looking it up. Lou Gehrig's ass. My, my search history is going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, was he thick with three C's? Yeah, was he 108 thick? Did he call? Was he 108 thick? I don't know if he's 108 thick. <laughs> I'm not getting a good ass shot here. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah. Lou was a 108 thick. Oh, this okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. Damn. Let's see. Silver Fox. NASCAR. NASCAR? NASCAR. Yeah, that is correct. It is NASCAR. David Pearson, the Silver Fox, uh, because of his later years in racing, he had a lot more salt than pepper and his hair. Um let's see. Couple more here. The gentle giant. We have a Jeff the Giant on White Sox Twitter. This is the Gentle Giant. Baseball or NASCAR nickname? I feel like there's not a lot of tall dudes in NASCAR. Yeah. So NASCAR, because they would only be one. Yeah, I'm going to go NASCAR. You're both correct. Uh, Buddy Baker, the Gentle Giant. He was supposedly one of the nicest guys in the garage, but he was also one of the tallest at 6'6". Yeah, I think all those reasoning was... It's a bunch of short guys. So the one guy that was 6'6", six, six, they're going to call him Giant. Yeah. All right. The freshest man on earth. Talk about Tim Anderson. I was going to have baseball. <laughs> That's Chaz Chisholm. It is uh, a baseball one. But this is the 19th century baseball oh, shit. player. Harley Latham. And it was because, like, he was really good at insulting people. And so, he, like, you know, they called him fresh back in the day. So This is the best junk in the trunk pick I can get for Lou. There you go. That boy thick. He's thick. I don't know. Beef, if you're still watching, can we get a ruling? Is this 108 <laughs> thick? Like, is it just the pants or is he thick, thick? I think, well, the pants were baggier back then. So for yeah, him yeah. to be putting out that kind of peach in those baggy But like, pants, what if we got like a little, like a little gust of wind? So like I it mean, kind of inflated it? I think he's packing, dude. I think he's got some hams back there. Babe Ruth is on the team and Lou Gehrig's the one getting called biscuit pants. So I yeah. think that's all I think, I think he's got some hams, dude. Yeah. And although if you do not put that we discuss Lou Gehrig's ass in the description of this episode. <laughs> I think I, I might, I think that might be the title of the show. Gravely <laughs> disappointed. You have just, to listen for two hours to get to it, but to get, it's in there. It's called biscuit pants. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, just call the episode biscuit pants. I'm done.
Kevin's going to be like, what the fuck happened on this episode? All right. um, The mayor. NASCAR or baseball? I could argue baseball. either way on this one. This is a tough one. You're going baseball. I'll, one, I'll go NASCAR then just to go so you yeah. can't say you're both wrong. This is NASCAR. Jeff yeah. Burton, the mayor. Um, yeah. He was referred to that because he'd always give out advice, and he liked keeping order in the garage. So oh, they, we got quite we have an, hold on. Interruption. Time out. We got a question from an actual listener. Um, I have a question. The Mets are paying 19 mil, but because he's not on the team anymore, does that 19 mil count? towards their luxury bill tax bill or does the deal save them like 25 mil or just five mil like where does this money come out of that the mets are eating so i so think... they're really they're only saving five mil yeah they're only saving yeah. five and mil. does that just come off their payroll for this year or next year i think uh, that, yeah yeah well, probably According to Brian, it saves them eight million total. I don't know how that works. So they're paying five million of the salary. Well, his original deal, the luxury tax number. Yeah, the luxury tax. I think because wasn't his deal four for forty million? Something like that. So the average year of that is ten million goes to their luxury tax. Or that's the luxury tax uh, payroll is ten million because they take the AAV of a deal. In terms of like the year by year money, so if you had twenty four, I. Yeah, I did. All right, back to biscuit pants. Right, yeah. <laughs> Need more biscuit pants than that question. Yeah. All right. Um, two more here. Ugly. Ba- I mean, it's baseball. That's baseball. Well, it could be either. I'm going to go baseball. I mean, that definitely could be either, but I'm going to go baseball. Uh, you would think it would be NASCAR, but it is baseball. No, and we- it was a self-proclaimed nickname. And the guy here, here's another funny name for you. The guy's name was Donnie Dickshot. And he called himself ugly. So the, the guy's name was Donnie Dickshot, and they yep. felt the need to give him another nickname? He gave himself, his well, he gave himself nickname. the nickname. If the name Dickshot wasn't unfortunate enough for him, he gave himself his own nickname, and Johnny Dickshot uh, he called himself ugly. And it's like, no, First of all, if you came into this world with the last name Dickshot, and the good Lord was bad enough to make you ugly, I mean, you have a built-in pickup line. And if you're yeah. ugly and can't use now I gotta look this guy up. What's his name? Donnie Dickshot. Donnie yep. Dickshot. Oh my god, my search history. I hope my double D. Uh, Donnie, uh, Donnie Dickshot. Nice. Yep, nicknamed ugly. Yep. Hey, you think I'm lying to you here? <laughs> Put in research for this NASCAR man. He wasn't an ugly guy. Hey, that's what he called himself. Yeah, that's what he, he called himself. Yeah, I don't know. It's the old this, is, this is a photograph of Donnie Dickshot, the self-proclaimed ugliest man in baseball. I mean, bro, you're not going to get around the fact that Pete, your last name's Dickshot. Like, you can call yourself whatever you want, but. No, I think that was purely expectation things. He, he shows up to the bar. People are like, oh, here comes ugly. But then he shows up. He's not as ugly. It's like, oh, okay. That's he, true. He, that, in your mind, pretty, he's better looking than you think. That's a pretty smooth move there, Donnie Dickshot. <laughs> All right. Final one for you. And you better get this one right. The Intimidator. Oh, oh I mean, that's NASCAR. Yeah, Dale Earnhardt, the Intimidator. That's race the easiest. Help, that's the most there is. That's Donnie Dickshot. Hey, uh, he's a fine-looking fella. Yeah. Nah, see, Donnie. By the way, speaking of nicknames, I looked up the nicknames for uh, Swanson and uh, Andrew Benintendi, and according to Baseball Reference, it's just Dansby Swanson's nickname is apparently just Dan's, and then Benintendi's just Benny. Yeah. We, um, we got to do better. Well, first of all, shout out to Janice because 
she had a tweet that actually made me laugh out loud that the White Sox need to rename the chicken tenders the Ben and Tendies. Yes. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That's just, I mean, that's a slam dunk. If the White Sox don't do that, they're Dan, they, burger and the Ben and Tendies. Danzy yeah. Swanson does have a pretty good uh, username on uh, Twitter, though. Lieutenant Dan. Okay, I, didn't he have that on the back of his Players Weekend jersey one year? Did he? Probably. Oh, maybe that's where it came from. Let's right? go to the internet. The internet is great. I think it was Brian, too, who mentioned it earlier. Dansby, that is a pretty, uh, how would he, how did he describe it? Pretty, uh, frat boy name? Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. very Wrigleyville. It is pretty Wrigleyville. I mean, Dansby, very... Dansby Swanson, yeah, definitely. No, nope, he had Benny on the back. Hmm. Who? Benintendi? No, Swanson. Yeah, Benintendi. Why the hell did Dansby <laughs> Swanson have Benny on the back of his I jersey? I thought you were looking up Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> No, I just wanted. I just typed in "players' weekend jersey" because I wanted to see what he put on the back. He put Benny. That's boring. Lost some points. Do you think him. he's gonna use uh, Ben Zerbis's ex-wife's Benny and the Jets walk? He's not song? using the Elton John version. I'm. It's a mutiny. <laughs> uh, Dansby Swanson players' weekend jersey. What did he have on the back? He had Dan's. Yeah, that, apparently that's just his nickname. Well, gotta do better, Dansby. We gotta, do better. we gotta do better. Hold on. Call yourself what? ugly or biscuit pan <laughs> or the intimidator. Good God, people. It's not that hard. Andrew Benatendi walk up song 2022. What did he I come mean? It's up gotta for? be. Um, if his nick, if he just goes by Benny, low cash. Huh? Sorry, not right. Who the hell's low cash? Some street rapper from Kansas City. What's Benatendi's new walk-up song? It's not low cash anymore. Um, million dollars worth of game by two chains and forty-two dugs so far this season. Not sure if he changed it. So Benatendi comes out to some rap. Okay. Nice. Dansby Swanson's walk-up music. I prefer some Elton John if I'm being honest here, but you know. Walk-up song, twenty twenty-two. Um, walk up. Oh, well, the Braves has a fucking website with the official walk up songs. Uh, Dansby Swanson, gotta be Dansby. me. Oh, that was 2018. Dansby Swanson, Dansby Swanson. Uh, outcast, little baby, and killer Mike. So he just played to Georgia. Let's get hey, well, yeah, he's a Georgia guy. Who's yeah. a Georgia? That's probably yeah. yeah. Low cash is country garbage, apparently, but. So maybe Dan- some Chief Keef at Wrigley Field for. I mean, I mean, that, it can't be that, Kanye. That's Southside, but it yeah. can't be Kanye. No, he came out to "Solid" by Lil Baby, "Kryptonite" by Killer Mike, and Southern Playlistic Cadillac Muzak. That's banger. Yeah, okay. That is banger. Maybe he should actually keep that. Here. He should keep that because that's a fucking everyone loves Outkast. Gotta love Outkast. Gotta love it. I was actually playing NBA 2K the other day, and there was a song by Andre 3000 that I've never heard before on the game, and I was like, "This is fucking solid." So there you that, go. So how set are you guys? Probably. No James McCann. It's it's bad. I feel I might I'm, like, I'm gonna go cry into my pillow. I have no idea how you're gonna ever trade Liam Hendricks now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> actually, I'm gonna tweet that right now. Do you guys think there will still be any takers for Liam Hendricks now that James McCann's taken? <laughs> I mean, Mets fans, what are you, what, what are you doing, baby? 
Can't they just be happy they bought everyone in baseball? They got right? a like, like James McCann, James McCann to them. And James McCann to that didn't even matter. Because, like, again, Steve Cohen is, like, spending billions of dollars here on this team. So, like, James McCann could have just been on the bench, did not matter getting paid. And they, they just got too greedy. <laughs> no. Illiterate, greedy, and I have a good baseball team. Lucky bastard. And they're still going to be, they're going to be so mad the the day they lose back-to-back games. <laughs> Frank, the Although Frank the Tank is going to be uh, <laughs> having a heart attack like in April. Uh, Boob, Boob Nightingale just tweeted oh, out, man. catcher Brian McCann, who spoke to the Orioles. Oh, you say Mike Brian? Ellis. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. He said Brian. Catcher Brian McCann. <laughs> Who spoke to Orioles GM Mike Ellis is thrilled for a new start where he'll be backup catcher and play about 80 games. Bob is not he like he plays in here. Right? I can't he's gotta, accept it, it's gotta be on purpose now. I can't accept the fact it, it, this has gotta be on purpose. <laughs> it's like every other day. <laughs> Maybe he is doing it on purpose. Yeah, I love that everyone's calling him the Night King because he always does this at night too. I I just picture him like he probably took a what do you call them sleeping pills? Uh, melatonin. The strong Some ones, Benadryl? the prescription ones. Oh, uh... Zoloft, not Zoloft. Uh, Ambien, Ambien, Ambien. Yeah, wow. he's, he's probably like two Ambien in a glass of Scotch deep, and he just lays in bed and just like, oh fuck, someone got traded. Uh, oh, who? I mean, who is Brian that? Who they got their show canceled a few years ago because they, they were on Ambien. Oh, Rose, uh, no, was it Roseanne Barr? No, yeah, I think it was, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and she blamed it on the Ambien. She, yeah, she said, She's like, Sorry, guys, I was on Ambien. <laughs> See, oh uh, my god. All right, well, I'm just pumped to, I can't wait to call someone biscuit pants, but uh, for the rookie, Ness, Mitch, when did you start? That's a good question. It was a couple midway months ago. The season? Yeah, it was like was it midway, June? Well, after midway point. June, July. So I just I want to know when I have to stop calling you the rookie because you're still in your rookie. Yeah, year. when's the service time up? Yeah, I could no. probably tell you. I can tell you right ser- now. The service time clock. Renegotiate your deal, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to need some stats. But we're going to take you to arbitration, Mitch. Oh, big time. You're not going to like some things we said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's when it gets dirty, dude. How do you get an H? That's when it gets dirty. Last number that's going to averaging over five minutes, and we're going to have to dock you some pay there. Yep. Um, <laughs> but so for the rookie, NASCAR Mitch, that's my guy, Aldo. I'm Zoe. We will uh, find seniors reporting the White Sox were on McCann's no trade list. That is amazing. Oh, write that up, Mitch. That is amazing. <laughs> that just that actually is a great way to end the show. That just made my fucking night. All right. We'll 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 see you guys next week. Take care of yourself. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Cause Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. 
It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed.